The Gold Card Podcast is brought to you by the Esports Department. Gain access to the tools, projections, and analysis trusted by the best for League of Legends and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Join today at theesportsdepartment.com. Welcome to episode 92 of the Gold Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Vince Colotti, at Gelati, LOL, on Twitter. With me tonight, we've got the Esports Department gang. We've got John George at the Esports Plug. How we doing, everybody? And Josh Roberts at Roberts number 49. Good evening, y'all. Chris will hopefully be back with us next week. You can find him at Prime, LOL, on Twitter. So... Got a full slate, uh, LCS starting up this week. We got lines hot off the presses. They just came out like in the last hour, so fresh lines here for for that. Uh, we have an interesting topic coming up coming up that the I guess we'll we'll get right into it momentarily. We'll just get into it now. I don't even want to. We're we're gonna, we're gonna skip all the introduction and all that bullshit or whatever, and we're just gonna go right into it. So it's not even really news. It was just a, something that popped up. I think Travis Gafford tweeted it out or something like that let me pull this up real fast um yeah apparently the lcs owners have asked riot to remove the import restriction rule so for those that don't know there is currently an import rule in the north american lcs well actually there's an import rule in all regions you can only have two imports and a player is considered an import if they are not native to the region they become uh and they will no longer count against that import slot if they become a citizen basically which takes a few years uh if they was it uh, naturalized they become a naturalized citizen i think is what it's called so um so the owners from the lcs approached riot that's all i know i didn't actually get through this entire clip did you guys watch the whole video Okay, well, so this kind of has spawned a bunch of interesting discussions on Twitter and, and all, sort, all across social media, Reddit, etc., about the implications of doing such a thing and whether it would be a good thing or a bad thing. And I don't really know how to frame this conversation, like, up front, but I guess... Let's. I guess we'll we'll call out the the two big points that most uh, most people are arguing for either side first, and then we'll frame it that way, and then we can go from there and go into more detail. Uh, so, the reason the import rule was originally put in place was thanks to well, one of the reasons was thanks to a team called LMQ, which was a Chinese development team that quite literally just moved the players to North America. And played in the LCS before any of these rules existed. It was just five Chinese players, their full coaching staff, everything came over, and they just they didn't. I mean, they did kind of wipe the floor, right? Would they finish second that season? Yeah, they were like, very. They were an above average team for they sure. Were, like a yeah, they were very good. Team. And uh, after that happened, there was this big issue. Everyone was like, well, you can't just do that, right? They can't just do that. And the answer was yes, they could just do that because there were no rules in place. So a lot of people that are arguing against lifting the import rule 
would say that the North American LCS would just turn into a whole bunch of Korean and Chinese teams or European teams. And you would, uh, it would, it would strangle domestic talent. Uh, it would, it would, it would smother it to such a degree that it would be so hard for domestic talent to climb up through the ranks that it would make things that would, that it would essentially kill the developmental scene. That's that side of the argument. That's the, I guess like the most typical version of that argument. Again, we'll go into more detail in a second. The reason that you'd argue for the main reason most people argue for the import rule is basically so that doesn't happen. So it's obviously a very complex issue, but I wanted to frame it with like basically the two schools of thought or like the overarching schools of thought regarding, you know, the topic and, you know, we can just, you know, unwind it from there. So uh, we, we, me and John were talking a lot about this before, before the podcast started. I think we, we've kind of talked about this before. Uh, to varying degrees and, and in different contexts, but wh- where where do you fall on this, and like what what do you think the key points are? Because I, I don't think this is a, a very cut and dry topic. Yeah, it's tough. Um, I I made a Twitter thread that was similar to this, but I'll, I'll rehash it. Which is like, it's tough because you could make the argument like, how much fun would the NBA be if you had to play for the state that you came from? Like Illinois, New York, and California would just crush Montana and Idaho over and over again, and you wouldn't really enjoy it very much. At the same time, how much do we all love, like, the World Cup? Like, I love the World Cup, dude, with people playing for only their home countries, and you don't think Senegal can beat Germany, but, like, it turns out to be a cool match or whatever, and you really get to have, like, some hometown pride being from Senegal and rooting for the the Senegalese team. So it, it goes, like, back and forth as far like, I'm really split on the issue. I will say... I struggle like when I see I've seen a lot of NA personalities on Twitter today saying, you know, oh, this is how you crush NA talent development and the which might be true. But I do when I see that, I think to myself, why do I care? Like, why is it more important to me that North American players get into the league versus any player from the world? If like if the NA if the LCS becomes entirely Chinese players because they're the best players in the world right now, why am I bothered that like some kid from you know Chicago isn't getting into the league, but a kid from China is. Like I, that part of it is kind of weird to me. I don't necessarily have some sort of like super countrywide pride where I'm like I want to see Americans in this league. Like I don't really necessarily care that much who who is in the league. So if Americans aren't good enough to be in the league, then why am I pushing for Americans to be in the league? I also think, uh, sorry, I'm go- ranting a little bit, no, but go. go for it. I also think if they think that that's a problem, then why don't some, why doesn't somebody here create the infrastructure that they're that they're saying is is killing us right now? They say Americans are are are, are not getting it done in comparison to the Asian countries because we don't have the infrastructure. We don't have these sweet developmental teams and developmental leagues that that can have Golden Guardians reach out to you and and pull you into their developmental team and nurture you and whatever. Then why not create it? If you're somebody who's in this space who recognizes that that's what we're missing, open up a, a nurturing house. You know, and start reaching out to solo queue players and saying, hey, come here and I'll nurture you and then you can make the LCS. If you think that's what we're missing, then if that's the only thing that's missing, then just go create that thing. If more, you're really more that stuff worried like about 100 that. Thieves next. Yeah, like if you create kind of, that kind more of things thing. like, yeah, you, cre- you can and you don't have to be affiliated with a team like you could definitely open up a, a like a, a company right now. That was just like a nurturing house for future pro players that pulls people out of solo queue and says, come here and live in my huge mansion where there's 30 PCs and we scrim against each other all the time. And we have positional coaches that work for the company. You come here, you pay us some money. 
we nurture you. We have connections with the teams. We can we can turn you into an LCS player. Yeah. That's a company. If you're if the thing that you're worried about is that the Asian countries have this developmental thing and we don't, then like Good. that's just an advantage they've given themselves by creating that structure. So go create that structure for us if you're worried about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's yeah, it's really dual sided because I, I I do see why people want to see representation from their own country. And want to see if this is the North American LCS. They want to see North American players. I understand why people are like that. At the same time, we want to see the best players too. And if none of the best players are North American, then maybe we don't need to see you know North Americans in the league. So it's tough. It's double sided. What do you guys think? Yeah, I've, I think um, I'm going to throw it to Josh here. But like the the big, I guess like the big summary. If you had to put titles on it, it's do you want to see the most competitive? Like, do you want to see the most competitive product, or do you want to see the product that you want to see? Because I think, like, for some people, what they want to see, for like myself, for example, and it sounds like from what you're saying, John, you as well, I don't care who it is. I want to see good League of Legends. I want to see a good product, right? Stories are cool and everything, but to me, that's my motivation. I'd rather see a good product, right? Uh, it, like, I want to see good play on the field. That's what motivates me. But... 99% of people don't watch the NFL to watch, like, good football. They watch it for the storylines. They watch it for all the other stuff that comes with it, right? So I guess, like, I'm going to throw it to Josh here to get his thoughts on this, but, like, you kind of have to figure out where you lie on that spectrum because I do think it's, like, a spectrum, right? Like, I don't think it's cut and dry at all. Like, you can want to see the best product but, like, want to make some, you know, uh, considerations for you know having some investment from from you know uh, a domestic or a home f uh some kind of home field feel right like there's got to be some some people want that competitive thing they're not but they're not all the way to that end of the spectrum they want they want to meet somewhere in the middle so like where, where do you think you fall on this josh yeah so it's tough for me uh, I, I think you guys summed it up pretty well um but the one thing i would say is like at the end of the day, we have to remember that this is an entertainment product, right? Um, so the things associated with that, that that would be troubled by this a little bit is like, and this uh, this may sound like uh, xenophobic or something, but like just speaking English, like that has to be a primary thing for this to be an, a, a popular product in NA, right? Like you're not going to get a bigger NA fan base if all of a sudden Every you have- interviews translated. Yeah. Like, and you know, like people will watch translated content. Um, like, it's not like any of us are going to stop watching it. We've already watched it today. But, you know, if if we want this to grow in the U.S., we have to get more U.S. buy-in. Now, to get more U.S. buy-in, you want the U.S. to be – sorry, I shouldn't say U.S. – N.A. to be successful on, on the world stage. And can we do that with the current N.A. talent pipeline? No, not really. I don't think so. Um, and to John's point, you know, people are always saying that teams aren't developing their youth so – why, like, why is that now a non-starter here? Like, that we'll stop investing in NA talent. Like, when did we start? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, I feel like it hasn't really been happening. Um, so I do find it, yeah, I, I do that definitely agree it's a double-edged sword on that on that front, but it's tough to come down on it. I, I could definitely see the argument because, like you said, at the end of the day, it is a better product if you have better players. It's just that simple, right? I mean, if, uh, you know, there's how many other baseball leagues are there in the world that you've yeah. never heard of yeah i think alan, i think alan was pointing this out like he was making a point about the 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 regionalized soccer leagues around the world yeah yeah but and and then even like um like soccer 
no one, even Americans don't watch the MLS, but they watch the Premier League because they know it's just better players. So, like, that's where it gets really tough to balance because there's not yeah. really a great proxy um, to, to kind of judge judge a, a decision like this off of. And I also think that it's probably not healthy to just assume that people would just all of a sudden make their team five imports, yeah. right? Like, these are still teams that are going to have a, ba- a budget, a salary cap in the organization, not in the league. Yeah. Um, and I do still think that you're probably going to get, like, if actually I don't know. I we're, wonder we're, if we're 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 me and John were talking back and forth on this specific part of this, like before yeah. we hopped on the call, Josh. Like, I don't necessarily think it would be that automatic. Whether yeah. it's whether it's like a cost benefit analysis reason, like. If you can get a guy that's like not that much worse for significantly cheaper, maybe yeah. you have some teams that go that route. But and maybe their branding is th- th- that's an argument too. You could have these these teams that open that up for branding. I mean that that could that could get into some slippery turf. Like oh man, we're the this is the American team. I don't know if we want to necessarily. <laughs> like, I don't think I don't they think that have, that they that, would that have could, some fans. I, yeah, I yeah. I mean, yeah. Trump won an election, so they would have some fans. <laughs> yeah, so I like, would say I would say on the other side though, it'd be good because I always think these things that like for example the Huni deal. We talked about this at length, but I think one of the hidden aspects that people don't consider is the fact that Huni probably still has a following from his time in the LCK and LEC. And for a brand like TSM that wants to be at the forefront of esports, they don't even necessarily care as much about being super competitive. Like, yeah. obviously, they care. But at the end of the day, they're a brand. And how they make money is not off League of Legends. It's off selling merchandise, mm-hmm. having a fan base. And so I do like that aspect of getting being able to finally get some more across, like crossover into these eastern regions to get fans of the NA product um, and get more eyes on it. But I don't know. I, I do... I, it's truly just a super double-edged sword. It's it's, um, a, it's a very complex issue. Like, I, so I kind of fall. It's weird because like I'm not necessarily always like this in regards to like how I think about things in general. But like I, I do, I kind of have this this thought that like in this situation, if you did unlock everything, the the environment, the ecosystem would figure itself out. Like, maybe for a little bit, it does turn into everyone just imports all the talent. And we have no, like, basically no domestic talent here. But if that went on for, like, a season or two and viewership went down and some team or some other product decides that they could capitalize on this by having a third-party tournament, having, you know, bringing back independent tournaments, maybe it could be, like, a market-provide situation where – maybe third-party tournament organizers would suddenly be more appealing because you could actually get domestic players playing in these tournaments or, like, like good players, not just, like, you know, solo queue talents or whatever. Like, that that's a whole other issue that we didn't even really get to on this. But, like, I tend to think that's, like, it would it would figure itself out. The problem would be how much damage is done, or if not maybe not necessarily damage, but how much of a drastic change would there be in that transition period, right? I know I'm kind of getting into, like, vague, cloudy ground here a little bit, but, like, say they they lift the rule and all 10 LCS teams bring in five, you know, mixed Korean, Chinese, and European players. There's maybe, maybe maybe there's two actual North American players in the LCS still starting. That would be a shock to the system. But you could also get a lot of information from that. If people stop watching it, that's a data point, and you make a correction, right? 
if pe- if more people are watching it and you're getting more international fans and maybe you get more domestic fans because it's a better product. What do you, you never know. What do you think about the idea? This is something I want to do anyway, but I think it kind of ties into this. What do you think about the idea of taking away the import rule but vastly expanding the number of teams? I would like to see 18 teams per league. I think I think the LPL is better than the LCS and LEC in that like regard and the LCK. I think more teams is more interesting. Gives you more different types of teams to root for. And if you open up the import rule and add a bunch of teams, then it's more places. Like, not every person that plays in China right now is willing to come to North America and play in the LCS. Yeah. So if you have more teams, that spreads out the number of landing spots for the players that are willing to move here to play. And then maybe, you know, if there's 15 guys that are really great in the LDL that are willing to come here, if you have 18 teams, that's one of them per team. You're not, you don't have five of them on the same team. Or maybe one team gets two, but then another team gets none. So it kind of makes it so that maybe that the people that are willing to come here get spread out a little bit, um, and, and it might diversify that pool a little bit. That's an interesting thought, too. Like, Yeah. Well, one other thing I meant to mention at the start. The, the thing that I think is the non-starter here for me is that it'd only be an NA. Yeah, right? that's like, true. You can't just that's do not this fair. in North America. Right? And maybe you guys disagree with that. No, but I, 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 just, I hard agree with that. Yeah, I just I don't I don't care you everywhere. It would have to okay. be everywhere. Okay, yeah. yeah. So as long as we're all on the same page there, that that's what I was like. I mean, you can't really. I I've completely forgot to make that argument, but it's like you can't do it just in NA. Yeah, that would be all, that would be so. pure. Bo- and I and look, NA needs it the most, but you couldn't do that in just NA. That'd be that'd be pure bullshit. And if John, and if that happens, the other leagues are going to point it out and be like, "Yo, what the hell?" You know, this is hundred percent. Yeah, John. To your point, I was curious. Um, what do you think about – so, like, I understand the argument for why you would want to expand teams, but, like, isn't one of the issues with the LCS right now, and maybe you don't agree with this and that could be the disconnect, but, like, in my opinion, one of the teams is, like, there's not – like, there's such parity that, like, I don't – like, I just absolutely don't want to watch Dignitas play Counter Logic Gaming or play Golden Guardians. Whereas even in the LPL, I'm okay with watching Rogue Warriors play OMG. Yeah, because they have like so a character, an identity, a brand. Yeah, you know? so maybe – I don't know. Like, Does that get worse or better if you expand the teams? I don't know. You probably have to think the level of play goes down to some degree. I don't but... know about that. Like, If you're, if you're theoretically we – always, we always use the, the Blender example, right? Like from, from Mag, like Magic Theory and all this stuff, right? If Theoretically, like if you end up – for even like even if it's not 100%, if you mostly get all of the best players playing in the top leagues, like in some iteration, maybe it's maybe it's you know divided fairly evenly across the major leagues, right? If you end up get the, one of the added benefits to this is maybe some of these minor region teams suddenly have some good teams because they're allowed to import more people too, and maybe maybe the LMS just has an all Korean team all of a sudden, and or maybe maybe Latin America they or Brazil. Brazil just pays a bunch of LDL players to come over and play, and you have an LDL team in Brazil. So, like, it, it might homogenize things a little bit too much, but it could also, like, do that, like, have that effect on things where, you know, it could it could elevate everybody, and all of a sudden you're just getting this true global experience, even if it isn't necessarily on a player-by-player basis. Yeah, I mean, it's an, it's an interesting question. I really – I don't know exactly. I don't think anybody – knows for sure what would happen if this if they did this or not. Um, and I think for the most part, people are going to disagree based on 
their opinions about the product more so than like an objective reason not to do it. Yeah. Like you say, if you're somebody who really cares about the highest level of games being played, then you're going to lean towards like lift the import rule, like bring Mm -hmm. LDL players here. If they're better than NA people, then fuck NA people. Yeah. If you're someone who cares about, you know, if you're a guy that likes to latch onto a team and become a big fan and you like having North American players on the team that you root for, then you're going to be like, no, leave it like it is. Like I want to see North American players succeeding. But it's not neither one of those is really like a good objective reason. Yeah. It's a, it's more about your opinion on things. Yeah, so, I also think like no, n- nothing's really wrong in this argument, which is the other like the only thing that would be that would be actually wrong is if you only did this for North America. That's the only thing that I think we all universally agree would be messed up, right? That's what's so yeah, difficult I, about this is like no one's right, and no one's wrong. It's like this weird <laughs> dynamic. One one other argument I just thought of on the on the don't do this side um, is. On the player side, like we've already seen how t- how how much turnover there can be in a player base, and like the fact that there's more teams means you're more likely to get a job. But like a lot of these dudes are 18 to 24 years old. You could have a situations where you know a a, a licorice. Let's use licorice for example, right? Licorice, uh, his contract comes up and they decide not to move forward with him. And now he has to move to Brazil, and then the next split he's moving to. Europe to play at EU like you know what I mean like you could get a lot of movement that's like really really tough to ask of 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 mostly males of that age like yeah. we see this in know. the NBA though right like guys but that don't get jobs in the NBA go to Japan oh, true. or they go to Italy or yeah, somewhere like true. that until they hope to prove that they're good enough to go to the NBA or whatever I was talking to John that's before true. like Dota a lot of the teams in top teams in Dota are, are multinational teams like you have five five players from three or four diff- or five different countries like playing on- said- oh good i was no. gonna say we we've said this before on previous episodes but if you're a newer guest to the show it's worth noting that part of the reason that people are worried about this is because of what happened in starcraft yeah. which is in starcraft they opened it up so the korean players could play in north american qualifiers and what would end up happening was like the three representatives from North America would be Korean every single time. And so there was never an actual like North American at the tournament, or there might be one North American yeah. at the big international tournament where you're supposed to see all the regions meeting together. Yeah. You just saw like three Koreans representing Europe, three Koreans representing NA, yeah. you know, and then so that, that part of people are worried because that's what happened in Starcraft for anybody that's not familiar with that story. Yeah. And I think, uh, I guess it, the other interesting angle to this is like so Starcraft's, is an individual game, right? It's one-on-one. I mean, obviously there's other stuff, but it's the competitive scene. It's mostly one-on-one and maybe just in terms of over, like how many like elite caliber, professional caliber players could there be from any one place? Like I, I tend to think that this, this could end up being again, like market provides kind of argument where it's like, we assume that, Oh, like some, what fifty percent of the players would be Asian across the universe, like across the, the 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 globe and all these leagues, right? Just based on like the number of players that they have on their servers and the overall quality of those leagues, right? And then you'd probably have like I don't know, forty percent from Europe. Or, I'm just making up numbers. It could be like sixty percent from the, from Asia, thirty percent from Europe, and then like ten percent divvied up between everywhere else, right? Yeah, it's 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 a weird it's like this weird issue where I don't know if that's necessarily what would happen. Maybe that's not necessarily what's in the best interest of all these teams in terms of marketing, in terms of of branding. And and the other thing is too like don't like we can't forget the upside of it, which is just like it's the Premier League. 
Nobody complains about this in the Premier League, right? Like, that's the league everybody watches because it's the most competitive product. It's the best league in the world. And you probably would see NA players eventually. People also forget the yeah. culture changes a little bit. Like, in theory, the, the region that actually would get killed by this eventually is Korea. Yeah. Korea is way too small to be able to maintain having this percentage of the professional player base yeah. in, like, 20 years. The big thing they have going for them right now is that they got into esports before everyone else. So it's been a, an acceptable and known thing in Korea a lot longer than other places. But eventually, I mean, in theory, the United States should stomp out Korea. Yeah. We have way more people than them. And then China should stomp out the United States because they have way more people than us. Yeah, it's – it's. So. It, I kind of like – it's interesting because like, you're kind of seeing this with hockey over the past, like, 25 years where – it used to be like Canadian and European dominated. Like it was, I mean, it was really, it was just Canadian dominated for the longest time. It was Canada, it was Canada and Russia just dominated everything for a long, long time. This is going way, way back. But now Canada still like Canada is the Korea in this situation where you look at Canada, obviously hockey's like, they have more like they per cap, like per population, like quality hockey players, there's just more of them because they they have that infrastructure in place, and that's it. People from around the world go to play in Canada for their developmental leagues, right? So that's been the case there, but that's not a hundred percent the case anymore. Like the 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 youth teams from North America and from from all over the world are like elevating. It took thirty forty years for that to happen, and maybe that's not the kind of timeline you want to look at. But I tend to like to think that the market will provide as long as people are you know, interested in the game, period. So, yeah, it's, it's and I don't know, it, it's a really fascinating multi-pronged topic that we could honestly spend a whole show on. We spent 25 minutes on it here, but I think, like, that only barely breaches the surface of what you could talk about with this topic. And, yeah, I don't know. We, we might have to do, like, another show at some point on this one because it's it's really a heavy, heavy subject, like, in terms of just, like, the amount of implications it could have on any number of things. So, Anything else you guys want to say, like, in closing on that before we move on to the, the slate? No, I think we're good to go. It's an interesting topic. We'll see how it, how it falls out here, and we'll deal with whatever they decide to do. Yeah. Anything, Josh? All right, cool. Let's hop into the slate. So, LCS starts up this week. We have fresh line. We're gonna go a little. We're gonna go backwards today because the LCS is starting this week. I figure we'll touch on the LCS first. Just got over the lock-in tournament. What did you guys think of the lock-in tournament? I I love it. I hope they keep this. I think it's cool. I know we didn't get to see everybody, but I also like that a lot of these people that would have been having visa issues aren't just gonna miss half the season with visa issues now. Obviously, there's still some withstanding, but you know, someone like Jose Diodo. How many he probably would have missed like two weeks of action or something like that if if we had started normally, and then you, maybe you get some some academy players get a shot too. So what did you guys think of the lock in in general? Uh, very cool, fun. We got to get a look at the teams with futures still on the table, which is something that I like. Uh, it always kind of sucks that you have to do your futures without any look at the teams at all. The little lock in tournament helps, and it but it adjusts the futures as well to some degree. But that actually can be good for you too. If you recognize that like teams with more veterans and more holdover are likely to do better at an early tournament like this, so that that part was pretty cool. It was a fun little experience. I didn't feel like the teams were taking it insanely seriously, but they were taking it seriously enough that we got a real look at what they look like and and what the metagame looks like. Cool, just a cool idea. Any teams or players stand out to you guys, Josh? Uh, yeah, I thought EG like man, I was very excited that. 
I don't know. I've never really like hit a nail on the head that hard yeah. where I was like, I could just see this team just like impact likes playing these center champions and solo queue. And like, they really did just seem to like let loose and let, uh, let their players go. And I think it was John or, or Vince. I don't remember which one of you said that like the Ignar change is not non-trivial here because he's just someone that likes to go in and that Absolutely. fits so much better with, with Zuka. I really like the direction that team's headed and they're going to be fun to watch. That, all split, I they, think. they, I don't want to say like fit their brand. I mean, kind of did fit their brand too, right? But like they picked. I, I absolutely love when teams have. Um, what did I call? It's called like it's philosophical uniformity, where it's all working toward the same thing in the same direction with the same game plan. Like, it, like I mean, Josh, you you follow football. Like the best organizations have philosophical uniformity from top to bottom, managers. Physical training, coaching staff, coordinators, players, draft scouts, and and who they who they're picking up. Like the teams that have been good for a long, long, long time, successful franchises, most of the time are just generically good, or they have this kind of uniformity. Like they're looking for certain things, they're always looking for the same kinds of like certain whatever it happens to be, and everything is in line. Like you're not going to have a good running team unless you build your lines up, right? And then. They spend extra effort scouting that kind of time. I love that EG literally just went out and got, like, a bunch of aggressive players. Like, I mean, we we debated back and forth on what Spence Garen is these days, but, like, it makes – look at the player. The players on this team, this roster makes sense, and I think maybe we just didn't give enough credit for that for this tournament. We kind of touched like, on it, but go ahead. This would never actually occur, but, like, I think if you wanted to get, like, maximum excitement, I would love to see this roster – with FBI as the AD carry and Jose Diodo as the as the jungler, yeah. I think if you put those two with with definitely Jazuke and Impact the way he's playing right now, that could be a really really like cool and exciting team to watch. I just like blabber on this. Like imagine blabber on this. Oh team. yeah, dude. Yeah, blabber would be great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love blabber there. It would be so sick. Um, they looked good. Yeah, they looked good. I mean, it's like you said, the the uniformity is great. Um, and it really seemed like they all meshed together. Like, I I think in League of Legends, it, it's always weird to me that League of Legends specifically doesn't have more of this because it's a game where we 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 take a dump all the time on these teams that like to play these center comps or whatever. Um, but like, if your entire team is good at it and that's what they're gonna do, like Victory you can five. win games. Yeah, you can win games like that. At, like it's it's a perfectly viable strategy if everyone buys into it. Yep. Um. And it forces the other team's hand. Like it could, it's it has a high execution barrier. But if you're all on the same page and willing to do it, it's it's like so strong. Yeah. But we've seen teams that a lot of teams try to do this like yin and yang, right? So Fnatic, Fnatic's the best example, right? Yeah. Because we've seen it this year. Fnatic last year has Bwipo and Hillisong, who are both known for just like let's fight, let's fight, let's fight, let's fight, let's fight. And then they have Reckless and Nemesis, who are both known for like okay, let's let's pick and choose our spots very carefully. We'll fight if we think it's a good spot, but, you know, I want to take high percentage opportunities. And then you see those two leave, and now we see Fnatic in the first first week, in their first three games, they were just like, oh, we're perma-fighting and perma-dying because no one's telling us not to do it. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? But it's like, then in, then you see them turn it around in these past couple of weeks because they're getting more like uh, familiar with the strategy and all on the same page. Like, it, it is viable if you're all on the same page to do it. And it's very surprising to me that more teams don't embrace that and just try and do this. We've talked about it before. Why don't more teams just try to do cheese stuff, try to do weird stuff. As long as your team is practiced and good at it and on the same page, it can definitely work. So, yeah. yeah I, th- I think, like, 
the the danger with that is like you get too reliant on that. But to me, especially now, especially in January and February, pick something, have an identity, get damn good at it, and then if someone figures you out, then you take the next step and you figure it out. And by the end, this is the FPX thing. Or uh, what's his name? This is the Warhorse plan where you have – this is one thing. We're going to do this one thing really, really well, and then we'll move on to the next one, and we'll develop that. And then by the end of the year, when it's all culminated, you've got three or four or five tools in your toolbox, and you're really good at all of them because you've you know built up that repertoire. People people always say, like <clears> – you know, I've, I've said for years I'd love to see people try weirder comps with champions that aren't in the meta necessarily but that fit together. And they always say, like, you know, well – these guys are in the meta and they're stronger champions. And so you're going to lean towards them. But like there's guys that are, you know, Garen jungle one tricks that are in challenger. Like you can play Garen jungle and, and be at the highest level of the game. You just have to know how to do it correctly. Yeah. So I a hundred percent think you could have a team where you said, you know what? I don't care what the meta is. We're going to draft jinx as our AD carry every game, mm-hmm. unless it's banned. Like we're going late. We're going to draft tanks and jinx. And if your team was very good at it, having another team, have one week, even if they know what you're going to do, giving them one week to prepare for your strategy when you've been practicing this strategy for two years Dude. against people trying to do this to you, you're still going to be better than them, even if, like, a lot of the time. So people can exploit what you're doing, but you're still re- much better at what you do than they are at trying to exploit it. So you can still do that. I wish more teams would do that, yeah. like Josh said with center comps, too. Dude. Even if they know you're going to go center every game. If you're insanely good at it and they're not that good at playing the strategy that counters it, just they'll just roll them over. Yeah, I was gonna, I was hoping Josh said, "Oh, there he's back, he's back, he's back." You know what? The best version of the just versions of this in traditional sports, the triple option, in in college football, the military academy with the triple options. Was, it's army and navy, right? Air force doesn't do it, but it's Ar- yeah, army and navy, navy both do it, right? Yep. They're on the triple option. It's this weird, goofy, weird offense that nobody does besides those teams. So if you don't, if you have to see them once a year, that's like a buff that those teams get for the weeks that they have, like. It's yeah, a lot of times it's hard for, Tech. yeah, and yeah, Georgia Tech and and like there's a, and it's not even just necessarily to me that's like the most iconic version of it is like the is the, the triple option like that's what stuck, sticks out to me or um what was the the college basketball team they did a whole documentary about it where like it was just they literally were just like like metrics so he's like oh we're just gonna shoot oh, the ball I can't like, remember, at all times I can't uh, remember which team that it's was like La the Tech maybe La Tech right, it was something like that. The... The team that was like the fastest paced team in college basketball yeah. history that would just run the floor immediately every single yeah. time. I can't remember which which team it was, but yeah, or yeah, or like right now you have Virginia in in basketball, uh, Virginia Tech in basketball, who literally just grind the game to a halt, and that's like their thing, and that's a weird angle. Now, in league, I think it's like you because everything tends to get more homogenized a lot of the time because it's like this international thing. Like, I think teams get afraid to be too like unbalanced. But I definitely am with you. Like, at the very least, like, have that to start off with. Victory 5 have made a living off of this. That's what that's what the Victory 5 turnaround was. Like, they turned this around by saying, we're just going to be the full-on center team. We're just all in early game in, like, 90% of our games, and they're damn good at it. Because guess what? If you look at Victory 5, look at the players on that team. Some of them are pretty good. I don't think you would call any one of those players, like, top five at their position in the league. Anybody like, yeah. So like, it's it, it makes everybody better than the sum of their parts. Like, if you have some kind of like, so you see this in like all sorts. Of, yeah, interesting. That's another. That's another full show topic we can go into. But 
Oh yeah, EG, huge fan. They they were the big standouts to me. I think other than that, the tournament kind of went as expected. Just to reel it back into the lock in here, like they they were the team that everything else kind of went as I expected. I thought Cloud Nine looked a little bit sharper than I thought they were going to. Yeah. They look both sharper and significantly worse. Yeah, it, it was exactly weird. Exactly when you caught them. Yeah, it was really weird. Like, it was... I mean, I, th- I think the elephant in the room here is Fudge, right? Fudge had a, a rough go of it. But uh, are we all on the same line of thinking here that, like, he, he's going to be fine? This was just... Like, I think he's going to be fine. The question is going to be, how long does it take for him to get to that point? And is it going to be, like... Is the team good enough to carry him to that point? Because I think they are. Look, here's the thing. We saw Fudge play ten, like t- ten games of Fudge were against Alfari and, uh, oh my God, it's like someday. So like, we gotta we gotta kind of reserve our we gotta kind of reserve our judgment on that. I think like he's playing against two. Like I think those are probably the only two impacts, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but no, but I'm saying like the only two players who who we legitimately have thought. Or who we would legitimately think from NA are like world's caliber players. Yeah. Right. They're, they're world class players, both of them. Maybe, maybe, obviously, Core JJ as well. Um, may, maybe you could argue like Jensen. Uh, but I, I, those two would be, I think, the top, those two and Core JJ would be the top three. Everyone would always say from NA in terms of like, those are probably, like, they're contending for like top 10 in the world top laners, right? At their position. So, yeah. yeah and he's a rookie on the stage being asked to play a, a number of different styles. Oh composition like this dude went from playing like lulu to camille in the same so like yeah we got to give him a little bit of a break like he's 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 doing a lot for the team and it's not like he's the only one playing bad yeah he had he kind of looked bad in some poor situations but um there was like i think cajol had a video showing like if blabber would have timed his back he would have prevented a dive that actually ruined his game um and so things like that that's just little stuff that the team's going to clean up and it's not like perks was perfect either oh, everyone expected perks to come in and just run over everyone. I think he lost lane to Demonte one oh, game, which but means Josh, he walked But up. Josh, he's just goofing around. He's just right. trying out Yone. He's just limit testing. Perks is getting Chovied, man. What's happening to Perks is what I thought was going to happen to Chovy, and it didn't happen to <laughs> Chovy went the opposite direction, and Perks went this direction. Yeah. I will but, say, yeah. Fudge handled it well, too. Like, if you watch, he did a couple interviews over the course of this, and he's like, I know I'm playing badly. Like, this isn't, like, I'm not an idiot. I know. And I'll be better. So, like, it, it was good to see him kind of keeping it together. And, like, I, I thought it was cool that the team, put like, said, like, in big spots in that series, like, play Irelia. Play carries. Like, you, do you know, we trust you. So, I think they're going to be fine. Um, Liquid. Liquid look really good. <laughs> Liquid look really, really, really good. I didn't. Oddly enough, if you take the team who had the best chance to make it out of groups from NA in a long recent or like in recent times, and then give them one of the best top laners in the world, and yeah, the they somehow the get better. Yeah, they somehow get better. I don't know. It's kind of weird, but <laughs> also Core JJ diff dude in that series. Holy shit! My Just man. in general, Core JJ really asserted dominance in this whole tournament versus the other supports. I, I legitimately hope he challenges to be like the – I mean, I, I hope it's, like, not just, like, per- – I, I kind of – I want Core JJ to be like, no, listen, I'm the best player in this league, not Perks. Like, I don't know. Maybe this, like, inspired it. I mean, he's always been really, really good. This isn't a new thing, but, yeah, he elevated. That was, it was fun. Uh, Let's see. 
Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's a good question, Kev. Um, week one. Uh, any? I guess we'll touch on the news with these teams as we go. I, I think Josh, you you've been keeping up with a lot of this stuff. I honestly, I haven't, I haven't seen everything today. So if I missed anything, let me know. Immortals against Team Liquid. I, Immortals, I think, has their full lineup now. They're going to be playing with their full lineup, as far as I know. It's not going to be the academy team. All the players were here. And it like for, they got there in time for quarterfinals. They just decided to play the academy team because they thought that was the best chance and it was a good chance to give them stage opportunity and the other players were still getting situated. So I totally understand that. I know people were giving that team shit for that, but it, I, I totally understood it. Um, Immortals are plus 668 against Liquid, who are minus 1,000 in a best of one. You, you have to take bet. Immortals yeah, here, right? You yeah, have to like, best 68, I think. I don't, I don't think there's any way around it. You, you it's have just to. too much. Also, Liquid's I, going to lose at least three, four games this split. There's a pretty good chance one of them is going to be against one of the lower teams in the league. I don't see how you can avoid betting it. I'll say this, too. Like, there is some something to be said for, like, the unknown. Like, you don't have film on these guys. Like, you, this is going to be a literal new team. Notice you know well, the, players. the Immortals guys specifically did not play the lock-in because their main team was trying to like get their cohesion together and get yeah. ready for the main series they've been practicing for this liquid match while liquid was practicing for the lock-in i guarantee you yeah. they're they're paying attention to what's going on with that team i could definitely see this being like 668 just seems too far with the information available for sure absolutely this this is like even like a quarter honestly i would put full stake on this i think it's worth a shot like this is a, this is as good as they're going to be i mean maybe not but like this is a good spot minus a thousand dude no way. Yeah, these lines are just out of whack. I, I mean, no way. Yeah, I, I understand it, but uh, it's yeah. Immortals has some good players on their team. They're not great by any means, but we've seen Insanity have good games. We've seen Xerxes be good in the past. We saw Strong Liquid lose to CL- was it CLG. They lost to in the lock-in. They lost to somebody. It was CLG, yeah, wasn't was it? it? They lost to CLG with two subs in, and then dominate. I'm pretty sure it was CLG. Sounds right. Like it's it's a it's one game. If this is a best of five, yeah, sure, I could definitely see not doing it. But like one game, get out of here, dude. I'm looking at what the kill spread's going to be for this because kill spread is ten and a half. I'll take kill spread too. Split it. Give me half and half. They lost. They lost a hundred thieves, so it's not quite a hundred thieves. Thing, okay, not they're... quite the same thing. But they did look kind of bad in that game. So. But 100 Thieves lost to CLG, so Team Liquid, by the transitive property, lost to CLG. <laughs> CLG and... is really your lock-in champions. Yeah. yeah. By the transitive property, right? Um, Dignitas, slight favorites against CLG. So what, what's the deal with CLG's roster? It's, Brox is still yeah. not here, right? So Brox is still in EU. Finn should be here. His visa got yeah, approved, I believe, on the 23rd. So he should be here. He's been practicing with the team, but they're still going to be having. Um... Oh man, what was that guy's name? It's in Grig. any, it's Greg, no. right? Grig was for TL. Oh yeah, that's uh, it's it's w- it's Wiggly renamed. I forget his. That's his right, name. Wiggly. That's Wiggly. Griffin. 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 Yep. Yeah, Griffin. 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 So they'll they'll be with Griffin and uh, Broxa. I don't know what the what the update is there. I know that. I mean, it just sucks for that guy. I feel so bad. <laughs> You gotta feel bad that for the guy. That dude can't catch a break, honestly. <laughs> like, I, I guess mean, you could argue he caught a break being on Fnatic last year and Liquid the year after that. And then, <laughs> I don't know, but it, 
how bad are Dignitas? This is just, I'm not I'm not touching this. That like my gut tells me just take CLG here. But now we're hearing stuff about Pobelter now too, right? Like there's that's unsubstantiated, right? I don't so okay, so here's what happened. I don't know uh, just so that people know, what happened was I will dominate and Thorin were doing their show and they had Wild Turtle on and Wild Turtle they asked him like what it's like getting to play back with Pobelter and he's like, Oh, he's about to get benched for attitude issues and get replaced by an academy player. Which to me sounds like he's memeing on what happened to Doublelift. Uh, yeah. So I don't know that it sounded like a straight up meme of Doublelift getting benched for tactical because he was having attitude issues. Like that sounded like I don't know. Maybe that's wrong, but that's all it sounded like to yeah, me. Yeah. And then so. somebody came out and said, "Oh, this is just a rumor, or whatever." And then it just spread like wildfire. Okay, that makes more sense. I didn't understand the context of it. I didn't see that. T- I know it happened like last night or today, right? Here, here's what this post says. Uh, from Tafo. Hey everyone, I wanted to add to our mid laner situation for CLG. In general, we want to be more proactive about experimenting with roster swaps earlier in the season rather than waiting towards the end of the split. Uh, understandably, with Finn just joining the team, Brock's coming soon. There are a lot of unknowns that we need to figure out. RJS has been performing well, and we wanted to see how adding him to the LCS team would influence the dynamics. We're experimenting both with Poe Belter and RGS to see what the outcomes are for the team. Understanding, blah blah blah. So there is a chance that Poe Belter's not See, playing. See, that actually makes it sound academy. like they're covering up for a yeah, league. Yeah, he played academy, uh, so it's very. I think that would lean me towards RGS is playing the main game this week. We like Dignitas then. <clears throat> is this actionable, or is this still just too many question marks? And just stay away and wait and see what these teams are instead of just flipping a coin. Like, is there is there a reason to justify against the juice either way in this spot, or is this just a coin flip to you? I'm passing this. Uh, I, I want to wait and see what's going. Uh, I would have been. I would be a lot harder. I mean, I guess we'll see. Well, I'm going to kind of wait and see. They said they'll give an update on Friday, which is good because in this region we don't often get updates. Um, if Poe Belcher's playing, I'll probably fire here, but I'm not sure what the uh, what what I would take them at. But these odds, I'd probably fire. I just think that. Poe Belter, Wild Turtles, literally just those two enough is probably better than and everyone Finn. on Digging Boss's team. Yeah, and yeah, Finn. I, I, yeah, I think I'm with you. I think I think Dignitas's roster is weak enough that I probably bet yeah. CLG anyway. But it's it's far from like uh, you know call your friends and tell them to mortgage the house type yeah, bet. Yeah. TSM minus one eighty seven. FlyQuest plus one fifty two. FlyQuest looked a lot better with Jose Diodo in right. Um. Presumably, I mean, they looked rough, but you could obviously tell that they were kind of in disarray. They didn't get a lot of chance to practice with, was it NXI, right? Uh, I have high hopes for this team, but I don't, I'm going to be a total wimp for NA in week one. I'll be honest with you guys. Like, I didn't say this up front, but I'm going to be a total wimp. There's like a couple spots I like, but I'm going to be a total wimp on this because I actually think... These lines are close enough without enough of a real sample that I'm I'm kind of ambiguous on a lot of these. Like this one, right? Like, I'm optimistic about FlyQuest. I'm also optimistic about TSM. I think they probably will be better, but if that's the case, I think this is, like, pretty close, just sizing it up in my head. Do you think data is actually hurting you here, Vince? Because no. in general, in other leagues, when you haven't seen these teams at all, you're usually very bullish on underdogs coming into the league. Yeah, that's true. Now, in this league, where you have seen the teams play and well, lock in, you're, you're very conservative. I will say I will, that's a good that's a fair point to bring up. Um, in this case, I think the the prices you're getting aren't as extreme. Like in a in a match like this, 
if you put this in the East, it'd be, you know, you'd have like a plus 250 underdog for like middle of the table versus like maybe slightly higher than middle of the table team, right? But, and full, just full disclosure, these lines came out like 20 minutes before we came out, like came on to here. So I haven't been able to do like a cost versus futures analysis to see what was changed from lock-in, you know, what was upgraded and downgraded from, from the lock-in and from the futures prices they had for that. So I don't know like where upgrades and downgrades were necessarily, but like just, just straight up eye test on this. Like, I don't know. This line seems kind of fair to me. I would lean fly quest, I guess. I think I pass if I was going to bet. I think I would bet FlyQuest, but yeah. um, I'm kind of interested to see if TSM looks looks significantly better, like yeah. with a little bit more practice. Because so, they were so you and I are in the same boat on this game. They were as shaky as FlyQuest yeah. in the in the lock in for sure. So, what do you think, Josh? Uh, man, I don't know how I don't bet. Like, I just feel like FlyQuest has to be the play here. But I definitely see what you guys are saying. That is pretty close. Um, but I think I think it's FlyQuest for me. I just the one thing I will say I know we didn't talk about this team specifically. I, I do think it's a little bit concerning. Powell Fox didn't look quite as strong as I had hoped and anticipated. Um, but again, like what John just said, actually is pretty pretty interesting because like Vince, I know you're, you're the same way as me, but I don't even like really care about the Eastern leagues as preseason tournaments. Like the fact that top one that had no yeah. bearing on what I thought about them. So um, it could be very fair that I just shouldn't be doing that with this league as well. And in that case, I think I had FlyQuest right behind TSM, so I'd probably take the plus yeah, 150 I think on him. I'm pretty sure I had FlyQuest, like, right there. No, I'm pretty sure I had them, like, fifth is where I had FlyQuest, I think. I think I had them fifth, and I thought they were going to be, like, a slow grower. Like, they'd get better and better as the season went on. So, But, like, I also thought the same thing with TSM, except I think their ceiling was a little higher the way I had it. I don't know. I... I'm I'm probably just gonna wait and see. Like a lot of these ones that I think are close, unless I have a really strong lean either way, I'm probably just gonna wait and see instead of attacking like I've done in the past, I guess. But uh, yeah, it's also like yeah, FlyQuest is gonna be a different team. We saw what one game was it one game or two games he played? Or no, it was one game two. and then the series, right? Yep. Yeah, he played Friday and then Saturday. I think it was right. So, um, okay. So we're all like sort of in the same like line of thinking here, where it's like FlyQuest or nothing, probably. Uh, Cloud Nine minus five seventy against Golden Guardians plus four fifteen. This is Guardians, right? Yeah, it's either Guardians or nothing. I mean, you're not going to bet Cloud Nine. I think you could maybe skip this one. I, I am optimistic uh, about Golden Guardians uh, in the future. Maybe not right away. Uh, I'm not though. sure they're going to compete with Cloud Nine right away, though. Yeah. Uh. Maybe Guardians kill spreads. Iconic looked pretty good. I think Niles had obviously his ups and downs, but uh, I think I, I thought Iconic looked great in the small sample we saw there. Hundred Thieves minus one forty one. Evil Geniuses plus one sixteen. Is this about where you'd price this? Um, I, this one I feel like the the juice is a is a herder here because I feel like if it was minus one forty one plus one forty one, I might be willing to take a shot on EG. Yeah. Uh, but I think I'm just going to end up passing this one. I think these are some pretty close teams. This is about where uh, I put But this. I think Hunter Thieves is a, is enough of a favorite that I don't think I want EG at 116. Josh? Yeah, Hunter Thieves is unfortunately one of the only other teams that can counter carry impact in the league. So 
I want to just tough to pull the trigger. There. <laughs> it's a very small like side rant, but I just want to give the biggest shout out to Hundred Thieves, dude. The more I think about this team, they pick up Papa Smithy, one of my favorite moves of all time when it comes to like picking up a GM or, or coach. They pick up the entire Golden Guardians roster, and then they literally they pick up the TCL MVP to be there on their academy team. Yeah, like th- this team is just like they're just accruing assets. They have Kenvy, Tenacity, and now they pick up Luger to play on that team as well. This is, like, just unbelievably well-managed compared to a lot of these other NA teams. Like, I'm so – if I'm a 100 Thieves fan or I work at 100 Thieves, I'm just like, we're fucking destroying everyone. I'll like, say this. So Papa Smithy spent a lot of time in Korea. He got to see firsthand – I mean, obviously he's not the only coach that spent time in Korea. And – Think if you think about it, like look at the teams. Otherwise, like Cloud Nine's been doing this for years. They brought Reaper over seven years ago, six years ago. Oh, he's obviously not there now, but they have. This is the right idea. They have developmental teams that aren't even playing in Challenger. They're just developmental teams for the sake of developing. That is what you want to be doing. Hundred percent. We're gonna talk about T one again later. <laughs> and AT one. Those two teams are doing it right. Um. Saturday, we've got... I forgot we have LCS three days a week now. We've mentioned that before. Um, Evil Genius is minus 176. FlatQuest plus 144. Do you like EG? Do they have fewer questions or more questions than TSM? Because it's a pretty similar price. I don't know how you... I uh, mean, I, I guess I'm probably being biased, but I don't know how you could come out of that tournament and say TSM is better than EG. No, I'm, that's what I yeah, mean. I, like I, That's what I mean. I like The price says it is, but... Yeah, so like, I mean, if I was gonna bet fly, I'd bet them on Friday instead of Saturday. I think. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, I don't even hate them necessarily in this spot either, but EG did look pretty sharp. So maybe, maybe let that settle in and figure out what they really are. Maybe they are just that good. We'll find out, I guess. Uh, Dignitas plus four eighty two against Liquid minus six eighty. We talk about best of one early. Is this, you just have to, or is Dig a team that you just don't want any part of? You just have to, right? Well, like, n- no. I, I mean, like, why would I ever bet Dig here? If I can get That's Immortals for, yeah, I can get Immortals for 200 points more the day before. I, I got, I mean, it's, for me, there's no reason to bet Dig I comparative price-wise. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Immortals probably ends up being better than Dignitas. And I think Immortals is going to be extra. 200 extra points on them, so I don't know yeah, why you would ever mess with Dig. I'm pretty sure I had Dig like a tier below everybody. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I, I thought they were going to be... And I was, I was, I thought I was fairly optimistic about that team, and I still thought they were going to be way worse than everyone, so... Maybe they'll prove me wrong. We'll find out, but I'm not packing them there. Maybe I'll take the kill spread, because Liquid tend to be pretty clean. I could see this being like a 12-4 to 4 win, and you're going to get like probably plus 10.5 on Dignitas. That might be a look. Uh, Golden Guardians minus 123. Immortals plus 102. Kind of had these two teams similarly. Yeah, I'm not high enough on... Uh, I know some people got a little extra hype on Golden Guardians, and I think they did it overperform some of what people thought, but I'm, I'm not hype enough on them to be paying minus 123 on them against anybody at the moment, I don't think. Maybe Dignitas, but uh, yeah, I just passed this one. This is... I don't know. If I had to, this is Immortals, but I'm probably just going to pass on this one. I do think Immortals is better. I just, like, it's not that much. I'd have to figure out how much better I actually think they are. Off the top of my head, I don't 
this is like stay away. Gut reaction is just pass. Um, TSM plus 154, Cloud9 minus 189. Feels cheap given the performance we just saw, but does that performance we just saw really mean anything? Yeah, I think you have to take TSM at those odds personally. Um, I do think, again, like I think after the tournament, Cloud9 is, I mean, I think both these teams are performed worse than I expected yeah. at the tournament. So, um, yeah, but I, I don't, I mean, Laying 190 on Cloud9 here just feels wrong. And TSM plus 150 is probably about the best odds you'll get on them all year regardless. It seems about like a, a pretty pretty close to bettable. Um, I'd probably make this closer like TSM plus 125, 120-ish against Cloud9. So part a of the bit reason, of value there. Part of the reason I think you can bet TSM here, I think I'll bet TSM here. Specifically for me, it's important that TSM's biggest weakness at the lock-in is also Cloud9's biggest weakness from yeah. the lock-in, which is their top lane. Yeah. And so I think I'm much more likely to bet them here because Cloud9 doesn't have an impact or an Alfari or somebody who can just really put Hooney in a body bag. Uh, like Fudge had a pretty tough tournament. So I think uh, if one of these teams honestly just hard focuses top, I think they'll just win. And so I'm, I'm, fine, uh, I'm fine taking TSM. Uh, plus 154 mm-hmm. here, given the way that lines up. i got to figure out who's red side for this game. Who gets top lane counter pick? As much as you, as much as you hate uh, Zven, John, I will say I actually think this game could be bought gap for C9. Zven did play pretty well, but Lost, I, I was really, really, really unimpressed with Lost. Yeah. I know a lot of the focus is going to fall to Huni and maybe even someone speaker. Um but I, I thought Lost is like I thought his positioning in a lot of fights was just really he looks poor. Lost. Ah, no. Yeah, he yeah he did <laughs> no he did though for real like it was. And Sven looked good. I, I look, I said this in the in the recap for that game like with Sven, regarding Sven with the was it the double pentakill or whatever. And yeah, double pentakill back to back game or one pentakill back to back games. I think it was. You, you usually you're not going to get a pentakill on misfortune without your team doing most of the work on it, but. He did have a very good tournament. He's a player I've criticized. Whether or not the locking was a big spot, because he's struggled nose in his career. Regular seasons, Springs Van is is good. So maybe maybe this is bot gap. You might be right. You really got to see when when he got those pentacles. You really got <laughs> to see why people in solo queue are like just look at the scoreboard and decide who's good based on the scoreboard. Yep. You really got to see that because yeah. if he had gotten that pentakill on like Samira or Kaisa or, you know, Ezreal even, then maybe you're like, oh yeah, some pretty heavy skill there. I don't know how many people have played Misfortune. I play a lot of Misfortune. If you got a pentakill in a team fight with Misfortune, it wasn't because you're like a super sweet player. Like <laughs> uh, you ulted them while they were, and then you killed them. And then you literally just ran after them as fast as you could and auto attacked over and over again. It's your not your like team you set up a good like, ultimate for you. Is... Yeah. It wasn't like you used a bunch of like sweet, like, gap closers and hit all your skill shots like you just ran with hearts coming out of your ass and then shot them when yep. you got close like it's not, it's not super, hearts uh, coming out of your ass might need to be the episode title it's not super <laughs> technical on misfortune so when, it, when they were like oh my god Sven's playing out of his mind i was like i hope that's what my teammates think about me when i play misfortune because yeah I, I mean i guess that's the case for cloud nine here right but even then it's like can you I think maybe maybe you make the case that TSM are going to struggle for a little bit, but I'm with you, John. I think you, you, this is worth taking because the top the the weakness is the same spot, and I always like underdogs in that kind of situation. Um, CLG plus two forty six hundred thieves minus three fourteen. 
If they had Broxa, if they had the full roster, I'd t- I'd play this. For I sure. would too. Same thing. I think I think they have the ability with their with their full starting roster to at least sort somewhat match the top side. Without it, they, I don't think they can really match. Yeah, hundred um, looked sharp, man. They look. I like... mean, the, yeah, the jungle gap in this has the has the opportunity to be one of like I I wouldn't be surprised if closer is at some point three levels up on on yeah. Griffin or something like. Man, this is. Didn't they just lose to this team, though? Yes, they did. Also, there's that. But what were the odds in that game? I don't remember. I'll th- I can look this up. I have it. Yeah, we can. I can go back a couple of weeks. I'll pull it up. I have it right here. Hundred Thieves were minus three forty-five. They were even bigger favorites at the lock-in and lost. It was a seven and a half point kill spread. So I don't know, man. Maybe it's worth a shot. When we were. They were minus three twenty three, so yeah, yeah, similar. Yep, interesting, interesting. Liquid, I don't know. I I would probably lean CLG there. That's a pretty big number for week one. You got to think Finn's a pretty big upgrade too, even if he hasn't been with them for that long. It's a good point. Liquid minus five hundred against FlyQuest plus three seventy five. Just FlyQuest, they're not that bad a team. I know Liquid looked. Yep. I know Liquid looked really, really good, but FlyQuest are nothing. I think on this one. This, yeah, come to the Gold Card Podcast where we can advise betting against the best team in the league twice in Week One of their three games. <laughs> this number. You know, the more I'm thinking about it, I'd rather just take. If I'm going to fire a bullet, I'll take the Immortals one. I don't think FlyQuest and Immortals right now are that much different. Maybe over the course of the season, FlyQuest ends up being significantly better. Maybe not. Maybe Immortals is pretty good. We don't know how that's going to turn out, but I'd rather take the 600. But Yeah, clearly Immortals in a smash spot week one against Liquid. <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks everybody, for coming where we, like, 50-unit whale play. Yeah, 50-unit whale play, the plus 668 dog in week one. <laughs> it's true, though. It's actually true. But... we got to inverse uh, Vegas Dave this, right? I always wonder when, like, someone's new that has never heard our content before, they just found out about it, and they come watch the episode, they just think we're just absolute fucking morons. <laughs> you know, like, the very first thing these guys are going to advocate is playing, is, is all advocating Immortals against Team Liquid oh day God. one. It's, yeah, it's like, hey, we're, we think, the, the thing is, just to bring it back to serious, but it's like, you listen to them, like, yeah, they're saying, let's bet against the best team in the league twice of the first three games, but... Again, we're price sensitive betters, right? Yeah. It's 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 all about the price. I mean, you saw how we talked it through based on Dignitas versus Immortals, but if you look at these odds, they're saying FlyQuest is only 100 points better than Dignitas, and I don't think that's necessarily correct yeah. either. So I think there is value on FlyQuest, but I think to Vince's point, I'd probably just like to roll it against Immortals. Um, now, again, if Liquid shows some cracks and then ends up winning or something, I think it's perfectly fine to end up pulling the trigger on Fly here, especially because there's a good chance FlyQuest goes 0-2 on Friday and Saturday and Liquid goes 2-0, and and these odds get even further apart, right? Yeah. So it, you could definitely be, be something you end up looking at. But get yourself I an think odds calculator. Na- yeah. Check yourself. Like, Immortals, is that's 13% implied. Is Liquid really 87% to win that game? Actually, Definitely with Liquid, it's, it's more because there's juice. So Liquid, it'd be whatever it is, like 91 or whatever that is. Minus, yeah. minus 1,000, 20, yeah, 91. Yeah, look off the top of my head. Boom, got there. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, yeah. That's how you. Yeah, that's how you have to think about it. You have to think about the price, not the team, not the who's going to win. If it was that easy, we'd all be professionals. You know, it's like every every, every Joe Schmo. What's up? When you, it's just worth noting that even though Liquid is priced as a ninety-one percent favorite or whatever, Immortals is not priced as a nine percent yeah. favorite. That's they're, the they're, they're, yeah, they're vastly different. But you're not like if you think Immortals is ten percent to win, you're not getting a, a plus like bet here. It's worth noting. Just because Liquid's number is way bigger doesn't mean you're getting a better deal on Correct. Immortals. Correct. Um, we'll have to do like a one-on-one show. I meant to do that in the off season. Maybe we'll have to take some time to record one. We'll have to do like a betting one on one. I think that'd be good. Um, Golden Guardians plus two forty one. I'm gonna start flying through these a little bit more. Uh, plus two forty one against Evil Geniuses minus three hundred seven. Similar to the hundred thieves CLG situation. Yeah, pass for me. Yeah, hundred thieves minus three hundred two against Dignitas. Dignitas Same thing. A lot of respect. I think thieves kill spreads probably, but I assume three hundred yeah. usually around eight and a half, right? Yeah, seven and a half, eight and a half. Worth re-noting. Just worth re-noting because we have a lot of like newer people this year, I've noticed, in the Discord and stuff. Uh, if you're newer to this kind of betting, always check the kill spreads and things like first inhibitor and other bets like that. Oftentimes, you'll just find a better deal in there somewhere. Yeah. League teams, I mean, obviously there's some risk, but league teams rarely ever win without beating their opponents by like four or five kills. Like the vast majority are at least four or five kills. Yeah. So if you're seeing a kill spread of minus four and a half or whatever, and it's even money instead of minus 300, just play the kill spread. Like, there's yeah. no... So, make sure to check the alternate bets. Things like first inhibitor are often just better value, correlated. even though, yeah, they're super correlated. Uh, Where was I? Immortals plus 459 against Cloud9. Are we going against Cloud9 three times? <laughs> it's worth a shot. 460 is probably good enough, yeah. You only need to hit on one of them. <laughs> So I'm just uh, CLG plus two hundred seven TSM minus two sixty. It's probably CLG. You could you could get top gap here. There could be some this serious is, top gap. Saying. This could be CLG. The price is right. I mean, yeah, 40, 40 point difference for TSM versus hundred thieves. That seems low, honestly, yeah. right now, right? Yeah. So probably. Yeah, it. if you, I mean, if you like CLG on Saturday, I'd, I'd just probably just bet that on Sunday, uh, but. Just to recap what Vince just said, pick of the week from Vince. He has it locked in and can't change. Is Immortals 3-0 parlay. What? So, locked that. <laughs> At uh, plus 80,000. Is this confirmed? Oh, my God. It's not official, not yet. Although, I will consider it if you're giving me plus 80,000. <laughs> Listen, if the price is right... <laughs> that's that's, the episode, that's yeah. an episode name right there. Um... I guess we'll just go in reverse order since we're already here. We'll do LEC week three. We have Rogue minus 238 against Shalka plus 174. Rogue. The Rogue burn down is coming. It's coming, boys. I don't Be know, ready. Dude. Rogue is the burn down is on its way. They're going to keep they, they're drafting Callista, guys. Rogue is they're going to burn down. I'm telling you, they can't get away with it forever. It's not unreasonable. The Callista angle. I do think Rogue are just really good, though. Uh, now, Shalka played some really weird games so far this season. And I think that can kind of cloud your judgment a little bit. Like, you see this in any in any league. When when teams, like, their first two series just have, like, you know, three out of four weird games in them. It's, like, really hard to get a read on what's actually going on. And Shalka have had a couple real, I don't even want to call them slobber knockers. They've just been kind of like, what the hell's going on kind of games. 
and I don't know if that's necessarily like a damnation of them or 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 what or their or their opponents even. So sometimes they just happen, especially early in the season. So like, what are, what are your guys' thoughts on Shaka? Like, is it just hard? are you guys having a hard as hard a time as I am getting a read on this team, or are they just kind of like middle of the table? They seem like they have very limited upside for me. Like, I, I think they're not clean enough or talented enough to have a lot of upside. I think they're they're going to be able to beat other middle of the table teams sometimes. Uh, I think they're going to really struggle to beat the best teams in the league, uh, and I, I don't really have a lot of like hope for any sort of possible surprises of them like jumping up into the top three or something like that. See, I kind of like view them the opposite way. Look, where I think they're going to have like spike performances, but they're just going to be inconsistent as hell. Like, like this is I don't. The problem is like Rogue are just too fundamentally sound for me to like want to actually take Shalka. Like, I would need a better price than this. That's the way I look at it. Rogue are just good. This is this is gonna be one of I I, I like Rogue here. Um, I think this is gonna be one of those times that you're gonna actually like most most LAC slides. John, I don't know if you feel the same way. Oh, actually, John definitely feels the same way because he hates Rogue. But I don't really ever want to play Rogue in DFS. Um, I only really ever want to play Rogue when they're against these teams that I think will try to do stupid things and like fight them, and then Rogue will actually get a lot of kills. Uh, and I think this is a spot where that could happen because I could see Shalka just throwing them. Yeah, G- Gilius just sprinting into them to try Rogue and kill warrior them style. Them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I. I mean, I'd consider Rogue here over Shalka, even at the price. But it's probably a pass. Uh, I don't know. I, maybe Rogue spreads if it's like six and a half. I'm not betting either side, but I'm waiting for this for the implosion from Rogue. Fair enough. Misfits, minus 139. Excel, plus 108. Misfits have been whew, a little little up and down, right? They're you fun to watch. So it makes me so sad, Gelati. What? Not only has Excel not looked as good as I was hoping, but it's like twice as depressing because they're also like the least bloody team in the LEC. Yeah. It's like you can't even roster them. You can't even roster them like maybe this will be the day that they like upset the big guy because they don't even score any points when they're winning. So They've, they've like, done my, the... My team, they, They've like, done the double enchanter fighting. thing three times. Was it three times or four times? I think it was three, right? They did the first two and then once in week two, right? They did the double enchanter with, like, the Ivern or Lulu top. And that is a thing. It is a thing. It's definitely a thing. This is not fun for fantasy purposes. <laughs> and it makes for some really weird game states where you don't really have a way to engage fights, so you end up just kind of, like, dancing around, as we saw in that goofy uh, opening day match. I don't, like, I guess this is like, do you endorse Misfits? This is, dude, I think I just take Excel here. I kind of think these two teams are just going to be in the middle somewhere. I think I think neither is, is as bad or as good as we've seen, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think, he, I think we've seen kind of extremes for both of these teams, and I think they're probably going to settle somewhere in the middle. I think at the moment, this is a spot where it just, it pains me, but I just pass. I think I'm I'm not ready to endorse either one of these teams at these numbers. If XL was more like the plus 139 with no VIG, I th- I'd be on XL. But 108, I mean, it's pretty close to even money, and I do think Misfits has looked probably a little better so far. So I, I think I'd just pass it. What do you think, Josh? Pretty easy Misfits bet, in my opinion. Okay. But 
That You're is, just uh, wrong, Josh. Yeah. XL's yeah. going to be good. They're going to crush it. I'm, bro, I, I mean, look. I, I You're living John in this. a dream world, Josh. <laughs> no, I mean, I, did, I, I told John this. I was like, your boy's got like one last chance, and then I'm done. And I'm just done. I, I'm done with him. I thought I was with him on the high train a little bit. I wasn't as high as him. You know, I tailed him for a while. But I, this team is just just totally uninspiring. And yeah. I just – I hate watching them right now. I, I really do. I said I wasn't going to bet it. I said I wasn't going to bet it, but now that Josh said he's betting this, <laughs> it's, it's my whale you play of the week. To. It has to be pick of the week now, right? Like, I usually love these spots where it's like, oh, this uninspiring team that's had some weird games and the public just refuse. Like, just everyone is like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Like, these are usually spots that I like, but – this is like Excelor pass for me. I, I I mean I haven't I gotta I gotta like rewatch film from last week still. I haven't gone through the like a finer tooth comb necessarily on last week's stuff yet, but yeah, I don't know. It's a weird one. That's maybe maybe the toughest handicap of the week in Europe. Right? G two minus six twenty five, vitality plus three seventy four. Speaking of underperforming. Whew. Uh not G two. <laughs> That's redemption. G two look really good. Uh, did lose? Uh, they they did lose one, right? They finally lose one. I think Rogue's the only undefeated team, right? Yeah, they did, they lost their last game. Yeah. Um. They w- they didn't even look that bad in that game, though, right? I'm trying to remember what it was now. This is the problem when all four leagues get going. My recall for specific games sometimes ends up. I will say Vitality has they have the same record as Astralis, but watching the games for those two teams, I don't feel like they're in the same league. Like Vitality, yeah, Vitality looks way better than Astralis. I'm with you. They on have that. battled a lot. Whereas Astralis is just get run over every game pretty much. So I, I think the, the record's a little bit like tricky just to the fact that they're one and four. I do think they've battled a little bit more than one and four, but yeah. I, yeah Vitality have had the lead in a bunch of games. and They just bungle it somehow. Like it, they've had a couple big, big, I, Typically, not always, I typically prefer teams that are like that because it's to me it's easier to fix like mid and late game macro decisions than if you're not if you don't have that base foundation of like a solid early game anyway. There are people that would argue the opposite, but that just gives you you know some perspective on how I view things. So I tend to like teams that do that because I think it's a stronger foundation to build on than something like DRX, who we're going to talk about in a little bit, or. Um, you know, there's been other teams like this before. Schalke last season, right? Now, you know, at what point are we? Is the is the price like right in this spot? Like, is G two gonna beat themselves one of these times? Is this the same G two? No, they. I, I'm with you, Josh. They kind of look like they're they're dialed in. I know they just lost one. It feels weird to say that, but like they've stomped every other game, and they've played like meta stuff some odd stuff doesn't it doesn't seem to matter what they're doing and they all look like they're in mid-season form already like i that if i'm europe i'm terrified because this was like your worst nightmare was this team gelling red the only chance a lot of these teams had of being remotely competitive with these top teams is that g2 maybe fumbles out the gate a little bit and that doesn't look like that's going to be the case so are we looking at like a like this could be like a 16 and 2 kind of season 15 and 3 yeah, G2 look awesome. They look and really I good. I don't think this roster is going to have the same kind of variance that the Perks version did. I think they're going to have tightened that in a little bit. So, yeah, I think this team's nuts. Imagine not betting G2 Futures. We had good reason for not betting the G2 Futures. 
they were like fucking minus a thousand or something. We're not. I'm not laying two fifty to tie the capital up for four or five months for not value. Anyway, uh, I do think this is getting there though. Like Vitality have looked good enough. Like they haven't looked like a pure dumpster fire. And it, I'm I'm tempted, but I'm I'm probably just gonna pass this one. Mad Lions minus two twenty two. SK Gaming plus one sixty three. SK have looked a little feisty here and there, right? They've looked better than Smash. I thought they would, but... Smash Mad Lions. Yeah. Mad Lions is way better than SK. Armut. <laughs> Thumbs up. Turns out, the TCL, pretty good league. Who knew? Maybe that was us. The TCL's good, people. Don't forget that. Like, the TCL and the PCS are, like, actual leagues, and I think their top teams could compete with, like... Honestly, I think their top teams could compete... In, in like North America and Europe, they're they're good. They there's like two to four teams. I really it's like three or four teams that are good in Turkey every single year, and they, and for whatever reason it seems like they just always hit on their imports. I don't know if you guys have noticed this over the years. I was talking about this with a friend earlier today. Like I forget who he pointed out. He was talking about um, it might have actually been Armut. I forget off the top of my head. But he was saying it's interesting how. For whatever reason, Turkey just always seems to get slam dunks for their imports. Like every import they bring in from the east just seems to work out for them. It I don't maybe they just have good scouting or something. I don't know, but the TCL's good is the TLDR here. Armit really, really, really good. I think he's looked great so far. You're smashing Mad Lions here. Oh yeah, I'm all over Mad Lions here. I I, I think they're better than a 222 favorite against SK for sure. I'm Josh. backing up Josh. Same thing. Yeah, uh, just literally just, you know, sell your house, sell your kids, sell your arms, sell your kids. <laughs> you know what I mean? The usual. How much of the, the, the specific free agent fade is this to do with? This is just pure I actually, what we have. Yeah, I actually, let me, actually, let me look at the, the numbers. I think SK's actually just been really, really bad in the underlying stuff. Yeah, um, that's yeah. Which is what I'm m- most concerned about at this point. They've looked better than they are. And yeah, they're still not particularly great. They've just looked a little. When they're rogue warriors, they look a little feisty sometimes. But you look at everything underneath them, like this is, you know, we're st- building on stilts here. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. And they've, I mean, they've kind of gotten by actually with a similar thing that they did last year. Still kind of using the bot priority. They have a. I think they're tied for third in the league in Drake percentage, which is mostly just because they like to try and play around bot game early or bot bot lane early. Um, but they're way behind in Baron and, and way behind in gold. And that's where the gold per minute drop off is, is what's the biggest, I think, yeah. uh, because that's, that's what's concerning and mad, even though they've been pretty inconsistent, have been really good in, in almost everything. They've actually been a little bit under utilizing the objectives, which is surprising to me. Um, for that team, but I don't know. Their, their gold per minute numbers are pretty, pretty high. Australis plus 300, Fnatic minus 450. No thanks. Pasadena. XL minus 182 against SK plus 135. Really testing John's medal here. Yeah, 182 is just too big. I'm not going to bet SK because Excel's better than them, but I, 182 is, I think, probably a little too big for me. Yeah. Um, I could see this going into a parlay maybe, but uh, yeah, I think it's a little too big for me. One of the two teams in the LEC worse than SK in gold per minute is Excel, so I will take it. 
fair enough. This is probably a close your eyes special, dude. This is SK, and I hate it, but it is what it is. I don't know. I have to look at it more. That would be Another like my gut. We're hiring for the Gold Card Podcast. <laughs> two new people. Uh, actually, actually, though, legitimately, Jungle Gap is a real thing here. John, you even know. I mean, you, I think you would even agree just from EU Masters. Dan's been pretty bad on stage. Yeah, he really has. We ta- I think we talked about last week that that's why a lot of their compositions have kind of been falling through uh, with the double enchantment pressure to carry in those yeah. comps, and it's not working. And, and Tinks outplayed him all last year, anyways, for the most part. I mean, he was good on Fnatic Rising, but Tinks was better. Um, so I could definitely see just even just that alone as as a reason to to try him back. SK here, reasonable. Shulka minus one thirty nine misfits plus one hundred five. It's probably just misfits, right? Yeah, I think I bet misfits here. I think they've looked a little better so far. I think I was pretty high on Shulka going into the season. I'm pretty low on misfits going into the season, and just kind of looking. I don't like to give too much credit to current form, but misfits do look pretty good. It's funny watching people translate sometimes because, uh, like, Chekalad was clearly better than Vitheo. Yeah. EU Masters, like, clearly better. And since they've been in the LEC, Vitheo's looked better than Chekalad. Yeah. It's funny how people can adjust to different circumstances or metas or something. Um, obviously, that could change if XL starts playing better as a team. Maybe Chekalad starts to look a little bit better, but yeah. Vitheo's definitely looked better so far, where I for sure would have said Chekalad was better coming in. Yeah. Again, just to everybody, we have five games. It's a five-game sample. It's so the problem with this. It's like the NFL situation where it's like we don't you can look play-by-play play in the NFL to kind of get more granularity, but it's pretty hard to take too much from a five-game sample in league unless it's, like, glaringly obvious. And sometimes it is. So, Vitheos looks good. I, I don't – I'm not ready to crown him some god or anything like that off of five games, but he's looked pretty good so far, and I think Misfits have looked good enough recently. Like, just – like, I test this is just Misfits, right? Like, this should be flipped around. Yeah, I think so. Vitality plus one fifty one Mad Lions minus two hundred four. This is tricky. It's Mad Lions again. Mad Lions going two zero this week. Yeah, yeah. That number's not good enough on Vitality. For I do think Vitality are better than they've looked. Like are better than their their record, but I I don't think this number is good enough. Mad Lions is clearly being undervalued for me. Yeah, Looking I, at their two yeah. numbers, them and SK and them and Vitality, I think they're significantly better than both of those teams. More yeah. so than this. Um. This is probably mad or pass. Just to touch on it, we, we haven't said it for this region, but we said it for Korea, how we thought it was a four-man race, and we'll get there about whether we still think that. But I think the LEC is is actually the four-man race. Like, if it's going to be Rogue G2, Mad Fnatic. One of the, those four are really the only ones I think – I don't think – I don't know. Maybe you guys feel uh, a little differently, I but I don't think anyone else is there. See, Mad Lions are the Hamla for me. Like, I'm not entirely okay. there yet. I'm like I'm like leaning that direction where they mm-hmm. they are that fourth team. Like I'm almost there. I need a little bit more. But here, put my hat in front of my mouth here and and threaten to eat it. Uh, I think Mad Lions for me, a hundred percent is going to be better than Rogue at the end of the split. I think consensus for everyone is going to be that Mad Lions is better than Rogue at the end of the split. Right now, obviously that's up in the air. But I think by the time we get to the playoffs, if you ask like everybody in the Discord, like nine out of ten people are going to tell you Mad's better than Rogue. That's, okay, well, the problem is our Discord is based on DFS. 
Okay. I think, well, I, if you ask anybody, I think they're going to tell you that, that Mad's better than Rogue a big percentage of the so time. So how are we going to measure this? Can we put odds on this? Because I'll go against you. Oh, maybe I'll just do a poll on Twitter at the end of the season. Oh, come Who's on. Who's better, Mad or Rogue? People hate Rogue, though. That's not fair. It's because deep down in the court of public opinion, dude. Deep down, deep down in their souls. Who's gonna have know. a better record? <laughs> they're not good. Who's gonna have a better record? Who do you think has a better record? It's like a Berenstain Bears thing, you know, where you see something happening in real life, but deep down, you know, it's not right, and that's that's what's happening with Rogue okay. here. How would we do like a fifty-fifty blend of those? If one team takes both, that's the winner. If it's if it splits a push. Okay. Right. I think I owe you a beer, Vince. By the way. I forgot, forgot about the, forget what, 50, oh, 50, oh, 50. the the impact Alfari thing. Yeah, sad. Yeah, sad day. How good is he? By the way, Whew. Whew. <laughs> my man, my man. Uh, yeah, he's gonna have fun in this league. Everybody else better step up. Um, not that they were even bad. Like impact was insane in this tournament. Alfari's just a monster. Um, where were we? I got lost. Rogue minus a thousand Astralis plus five twelve. John's probably on Astralis here, right? I'm probably not going to bet it. But <laughs> deep, deep down in my heart, I know that Astralis is going to win this match. Hey, Astralis kill spread plus ten and a half is a real thing. Oh yeah, that's I like would, an actual. I, actually, I probably will bet plus ten and a half. I, I will Rogue's too. Not the kind of, they're not the kind of team that's going to win this by twenty kills. This is twelve like, to four. Ten. To yeah, six. They, they could definitely win this. Yeah, twelve to four. So I think plus ten and a half is a smash lock. In fact, what I'm going to make that my pick of the week. What is this opposite? Like, look at this. Rogue minus a thousand, you only get five twelve on Astralis. Whereas in NA we had Liquid minus one thousand and twelve, but we got six sixty eight uh, or more. Like what is what is that? Uh, I'll right. So part of this is I actually took the NA lines from a different book. So that's part oh of it. okay. Got usually it. these two are very close. The ones that I use for this, but NA was only up at one, so it was probably that's probably where the difference is coming from. So also they were just posted, so there's more vig earlier and and it shrinks as it goes. So. Uh, time decay, whatever. Um, yeah, probably Astralis kill spreads. I think that's legitimate. Uh, G two minus two fifty. Fnatic plus one eighty. Fnatic after an abysmal looking star, where it looks like, oh shit, here we go again. Turned it around. They looked good again in week two. I think Fnatic are probably live here. This is a good enough number for you. I'd like the number to be a little bigger. I'm probably not going to bet it, but I was never worried about Fnatic at all. Yeah. Even when they were losing week one, they were clearly going out there and battling and trying to take skill, like, skirmishes, and they looked like a good team that wasn't winning the game, yeah. not a bad team that was getting destroyed exactly. or whatever. So, G2 looks so good, though. That's the problem with this, right? <laughs> what do you think, Josh? Where are you at on this one? Oh, uh, sorry. G2 Fnatic. I was, like, broken. Uh, I think it's got to be G2 kill spreads. I, 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 I know. I know. I, it feels wrong. I, I've always – I think I've I don't always – I don't know, man. They, just, this, they look so good. They look so, like, so broken. It literally like, looks like it's, like, week it's, seven. Yeah, I, I don't know. They just don't look like there's anyone – In the ballpark. I'm always a G2 fanboy, I think. I'm always too hype on them, but golly, they just look – I'm, I'm kind of with you. That's why, like, I'm I'm saying, like, I don't know if this price is good enough. Like, my gut Even tells me, my gut tells me, just take Fnatic. But like, yeah, I mean, they did lose to Schalke somehow, who I think is not good. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, it just seems like 
I don't. I don't think you can go into any game expecting you two to lose. So unless you're getting crazy good odds, it's it's tough for me to pull the trigger. That's fair enough. Um, LPL. Anything else in Europe for the weekend? Your big picture thoughts on Europe so far? We kind of touched on it. Like, feels like it's G2's league with like maybe three other teams that are going to hope to upset them in the playoffs, and that's pretty much what we're looking at. All right. Um, LPL week five. So, for those that don't know, this is the last week before the Chinese New Year break. They take a holiday break for, I think it's 10 days or 12 days. Let me take a quick look real fast. So... Last match will be on February 7th, and they, they're off until Monday the 22nd, so it's two-week downtime. Uh, so these are the last spots before the, the break. Now, historically, the two-week break has made a pretty big difference in the LPL. We've seen a lot of teams that were not very good-looking end up looking a lot better after the break and vice versa. So kind of worth maybe keeping an eye on in this uh not necessarily because teams are going to coast or whatever but just keep that in mind for when we return and i'll bring it up again when we come back from the break obviously i'll mention this again so friday we've got lgd oh my god this is what a great game to start the lpl part of the podcast banger the real banger between lgd at minus 101 what lgd minus 101 what the hell against thunder talk gaming tt gaming minus 133. TT have won two matches in a row. It has not been that good. They look better than they did, but like, what what does this even mean, dude? I, I, I do think they're probably the side in this game. LGD have looked like dog shit. Like, I'm smashing TT, dude. TT like, is not good, but they're, I think there's a step above LGD. They look like they're trying, they're like clawing their way out of the garbage tier. Like they're in the trash compactor in Star Wars, like they're they're trying to escape before it crushes them. And I think like they're showing some signs of life here, whereas like LGD are just like I'm accepted what I am. <laughs> LGD looked terrible. They looked kind of feisty in their first series. And I was like, Oh, okay, like maybe this team's gonna surprise me. They'll be better than I thought they were. That they're not. They're they're bad. Is LGD the worst team in the league? Yeah, I think so, probably. Yeah, I I think they are. God, that's I mean, we said it before, like, going into the season, we were like, you get brain drained like that. Like, just all your good players are gone. <laughs> just gone like that. And they didn't get rid of the coaching staff who had criticisms of last year. And maybe we're seeing a little bit of that come to fruition here. Never in my life did I say that I think I'd be saying, yeah, back backing Thunder Talk, laying money. <laughs> like, what the hell is going on here? Um... EDG minus 222 against Suning plus 163. This is a little more interesting. So EDG. EDG have looked pretty good. They're, you know, I, I, I called them the adults in the room in the LPL. Like they're just kind of playing smart. They're not exactly the most explosive or ridiculously dominant team, but like they're just playing good fundamental league and they're being smart about it. And, in the LPL, that's pretty good if you have good players on your team. So, I don't know, man. Like, Suning have looked better in their last two. They had a rough start as well. But they have looked a lot better. They've, like, was it, I think they've won their last four games or something in, like, under 30 minutes. Haven't really played anybody. Who'd they play? They played LGD. 
on Monday, and I'm definitely forgetting something. Oh, no. So they played LGD and OMG, and they smashed LGD and OMG. Obviously a much different level of competition here. Um, has Sooning turned it around, you think, or were they just, like, getting right against two bad teams? I feel the same way about Sunning I felt the whole time. I think they're going to be like a ninth place team in the league somewhere right around that lower playoff tier. They might miss. Maybe they sneak in. I think they're the kind of team that you would expect to beat LGD and OMG, but not to be competitive with the top teams. And EDGs look pretty spicy so far, my friends, undefeated. And absolutely, Viper is absolutely going off. He's trying to win MVP this season. Dude, he looks so, insanely good. He yeah, it feels so like good. EDG bet to me. Yeah, this might be a value on EDG. I'm just like I just like quick pulled up what I've got. I yeah, I, this is probably EDG. I don't. You gotta think soon and get like get some of this back, right? Like, I don't. They're gonna be a ninth, like a good ninth place team. Maybe not great, but they're gonna be good, right? Is this you want a better number? What's than your this, right? What's your definition of good? I mean, I think they're gonna be like, about they're gonna a ninth be able to beat these top teams. I don't think so. I don't think they're going to be competitive with the top teams. They might be able to take a game, like a, a series off of them, but yeah. I think if you like are asking people, hey, are they about as good as IG at the end of the season? I think people are going to go, no, IG's clearly better. Yeah. Doesn't mean they can't win a series against them on the day, yeah, but that's fair. That's fair. I think so. EDG money line, I think, is the the play on this one. Man, oh man, I don't even want to say a fall from grace because, like, On's actually been pretty good. It's just this team is being exposed for what their issues were. Like, they they struggle playing around mid-jungle synergy, and, you know, as much as we like to rag on, on mid being, like, control mage-centric right now, it's still critically important that you know how to play through that when you get an advantage with it. But it seems like when they get an advantage, they don't know what to do. They just kind of keep playing. And they've been exposed a little bit for that. So I do think EDG are smart enough to not – fall for this the the bullshit that Sunny try to pull in some of these games. So you I'm kinda of talking myself more into EDG the more I'm thinking about it. What do you think, Josh? Alright. <clears throat> EDG minus one and a half looks pretty tasty there. One yeah. plus one forty four. That's that's a an early early consideration for pick of the week, I think for me. I I, I love him in this spot. I don't yeah. think Sunning's any good. Wow. All right. Oh how the mighty well, have fallen. Compared comparatively. Yeah. Saturday and Sunday since it's the last days before the break we get three game slates it's gonna make dfs kind of fun for those days that's for damn sure we're gonna have five with five games those mornings gonna have lck and three games in the lpl that's gonna be fun um billy billy gaming minus 556 against omg plus 343 billy billy kind of looks like they're starting to get their feet under them a little bit they still got their issues but uh this is mostly just omg aren't particularly good i think yeah, I don't think you can. You, I definitely don't think you can bet BLG. You might be able to take a flyer on OMG. They're not particularly good at all, but uh, I'm not necessarily sold on BLG yet either. Yeah, I think I just passed this series. But if I was gonna bet it, I think I would rather bet the OMG money line than bet the BLG minus one and a half yeah, or something. I could see that. Like, I, I think the thing with OMG, I don't want to go too crazy because it's OMG, but like when you when you watch them, they're they're not. I don't want to call like they're not rogue warriors. Like they're not just mindlessly like they're they're an intelligent team. They just don't have the horses to really compete. The bottom lane's doing well. We kind of expected that coming into the season, but like the top the top part of the map is just you you don't have solo lanes. The solo lanes on this team are so poor. 
that it's like Aki's just playing at a disadvantage every single game. He doesn't have anywhere to go. Like you end up just having to play through bottom lane and they're trying to force this goofy global comp every single game. And as soon as that got figured out, they were just done. Like as soon as people were like, I oh, just don't let him have Galio and twisted fate. Okay. That's, that's, that's the song. That's the answer. That's the whole thing. Like we, that until they show me something else, I I think OMG are probably they're not quite auto fade territory, but they're on, they're on watch for 16th place. I do think OMG has a good bottom lane. Oh, the bottom lane's not, good, not exceptional, but I do think they have a good bottom lane. That's like if if they can put some pressure around the bottom lane and get the bottom lane going, I think they can win games through yeah. there. But I do right. think like for what it's worth, that is a good way to play right now. With, like, these explosive bottom lane, like, especially at AD carry, like, when you have your Samiras and your Kaisas and stuff, like, it's good. Even Aphelios, like, it's not as explosive, but if you get it ahead, obviously, it's powerful. So, they have that going for them. It's just they're, they're at such a detriment in the solo lanes that they, they have to come up with some ways to get around that. So, uh, JDG, Team WE. Whoo! This should be an interesting one. Uh, JDG are minus 106, Team WE minus 125. So, slight favorites there. JDG look like they're getting right. A little bit of a rocky start, but they've they've definitely looked better in their last couple of series. Uh, who did they? They did lose one, the one before last. What was it against? Uh, they played top. They they got stomped by top. So, actually, no. The first game, I think they were ahead in that game, right? And the second game was the the steamrolling. But we don't really fault too many people for losing the top esports. So. JDG are kind of getting it back together. They smashed two bad teams now. They they raffle stomped Rogue Warriors this morning. Team WE also just lost to to Rare Adam, so they're you know they've shown that they're mortal here. This is an interesting one. Yeah, WE is trending the wrong direction for me. Which is really unfortunate. I would like to see them be trending upwards, and they're kind of trending downwards. I think this is a JDG bet. Yeah, uh, yeah for sure. I think WE is, is in a bit of a funk right now. This meta is not good for Jumang, which is not something I thought was even possible from having watched Jumang before. He had played a lot of champions, and he just looked godly on all of them. And he, he did lean towards some more than others, but he had looked good on everything I'd seen him on. This season, he's not looked good on the meta 80 carries, really. And they're putting him on Samira way more than they should, which we talked about before. But I, every time I see him on Samira, I'm just like, oh my god, this is not what we, this is not what we want to be doing. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about them. I think JDG is, is uh, should be a, a decent favorite here. I like him at minus one of six. What do you think, Josh? I'm with John there. I think especially if we get news that Shanks is going to miss again, I think it becomes an even stronger position for me on JDG oh, there. Yimang. That Yimang performance was not good. That yeah. was yeah, really, I mean, really poor it was. It, it is fair to give the context there, though. Like, it was tough for him, right? He was playing on Syndra. Like, he was Syndra both games. He was Syndra both games, and I think the I think their eighty. I think Juming was on Zaya. So, any any time they wanted to go in on someone, they were going to go on the Syndra because Zaya has a get out of jail free card with their ult. So they like they were hard focusing him, but even early game, like some of the ganks. I mean, he did have. Was it game two? He looked okay in early game, but like, just didn't seem to be piloting the Syndra like you would want him to. Yeah. You know, a lot of things that you're looking for out of the Syndra early is to just set get up a good setup with the wave state and then hit a E into a jungle gank, which they were drafting to set up, and he never really never set that up it, well. Yeah. Like, yeah, so the whole thing with Syndra is 
she's kind of characterized as this like simple like press your R button the gameplay button right they call it like the press R and you just delete someone it's first of all it's not that simple unless you're tremendously fed second of all you got to you have to get an early advantage period you need to get like this I've played Syndra Oriana a million times from both sides as the Syndra you should win that lane but you have to and if you don't win that lane or you don't get a gank and get the ball rolling you are less useful later in the game, period. Like, and it's not just, like, from a damage standpoint, but it makes it extremely hard for you to play team fights against an Oriana later in the game because you have to respect ball placement. So you end up just turning into this, like, scatter the weak bot, and then you just ult what's in, or you just ult what's in front of you and then scatter the weak and try to stun three or four people, and that's not what you want to be doing. You want to be landing on good targets with that kind of stuff. So it becomes extremely difficult as a Syndra if you get behind in a game. And I think that's kind of what happened. Like, they just didn't get ahead. Here's it, a... Go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, this is kind of a question for you, Vince. I know I like to do this time to time. We're running a little bit long, so feel free to not answer it. But to me, it seems like Cinder's getting overplayed for her value in yeah, the current meta. I do agree. It, it seems like teams are defaulting to her. And, like, honestly, if you're going to play Cinder right now, I don't understand why you wouldn't just play, like, Vigar. Like, they're both, they're both immobile. They both have a CC button and an outplay button. Like... One of them scales better than the other. I think both of them have a similar issue that they don't have a great mythic right now. Uh, I don't know. It just seems like... Syndra's uh, a better champion still. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Like, I get where you're coming from, but Syndra's yeah. a better champion. And the fact that... Her stun is a lot more effect- effective than Vagar's. Yeah. Okay. Like, especially because you have a lot... I mean, if, the more enchanter supports you see, the worse Vagar gets because Mikhail's is an actual item. So... Yeah, I don't know. I, I The thing with Syndra is that there's so many... Like, Syndra Pantheon, you should just shit on the mid laner. I don't care who it is. And that didn't happen. Like, that's you. That's why you pick Syndra. You pick Syndra either because all the other champs on the tier list are gone or out of the game already. And she's just kind of like the bot. That's why her win rate's so low. Because she's hard to, hard to play well in this metagame. And she's kind of just like the worst of that generic tier of good mid laners. So, th- she's going to have a low win rate just because the execution's harder. And because... Most of the time when you're picking her, most of the time, when she's getting picked, it's not in a great spot for her. So it's kind of like this weird, it's like the inverse NAR, right? People are just blind picking what I think is like not a blind pick champion necessarily. And she's kind of just like, she's she's doing all the dirty work. Like she has to pick up all the pieces from like bad drafts or like not picking up a premium mid laner a lot of times. So I think she is good against certain things, but yeah, you have very little margin for error with her. So it's making... Like in a case like this where you didn't get ahead, just I want the Oriana or the Zier every time. I don't I don't want the Syndra in that spot. So that's why you only see like the people that are really good at her can make it make that champion. Like rookie rookie on Syndra is a much different story than Yiming. I mean, obviously rookie and Yiming different players, but anyway, I digress. Um, yeah, so I don't want to give him too much shit for that, but yeah, not a great performance for him. So you you, th- you guys are both on JDG for this. Yeah, definitely. This is a hard one, man. Because, like, until that last series, WE have actually been really good. Like, I think they've been, like, legitimately awesome. So, I don't want to give too much credence. Like, there's got to be probably some settling in the middle. Like, I think JDG are better than what we've seen for sure. Um, I, I, w- I would say I would reconsider it if Shanks is back. 
Yeah. But I don't think we got an update on how far he's going to be away from the team or how long he's going to be away yeah. from the team. Yeah. So but they did look totally worse without him. Mm-hmm. And Shanks has been pretty good. You know, hasn't exactly blown the doors off or anything, but that's not what this team needed. They just needed like a they just needed like a solid mid laner, and he's been that. So, yeah, that's an interesting one. We've got fun plus Fe- another slobber knock. Saturday morning's got to be lit, dude. Got uh, fun plus Phoenix minus one nineteen against Top Esports. Top Esports are an underdog at minus one twelve. I know Josh doesn't like the sound of that. Top Esports is an underdog. I'm taking Top Esports here. This is this is a spot I think if you want to bet top, you might do it now. There's It might not be the most likely result, but Fun Plus could lose. They have a match before then, don't they? They play tomorrow against... Yeah. Uh, who do they play? They play LNG tomorrow. That that's who it was. Okay, yeah, because I was thinking in my mind like that they had a matchup that's losable. They might not be a favorite to lose, but it's definitely losable. And I, I tend to think that the lines move one way easier than they move the other. Yeah. And so I, I think you might bet top esports here now if you want to bet top esports. I do think these are the two best teams in the LPL so far. We's been very very good, but like EDG, I think these two have been better than EDG. I don't know. That's hard to say, so, man. I mean, just lost to Rogue Warriors. <laughs> They've only played five series, and then one of them was a loss to Rogue Warriors. That's, so. That is that's fair, but yeah, I don't know. I think what's crazy to me is that, I, like, especially with Fun Plus, maybe not as much with Top Esports, but with Fun Plus, what's what's scary about this team is that, like, I can't see them being worse. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're only going to get better and better and better. Like I don't, they they haven't done anything where you can like figure this team out. They're not running the same, like they're running this. They're just playing good. <laughs> they're just playing good League of Legends. They're not. They're not. Dwayne B's busting out some cheese picks once in a while, but like it's nothing out of the ordinary for him. And they mostly just been playing, you know, the meta. Besides Dwayne B's weird shit, which you know fits their comps anyway. So, I mean, Nogari's going to get more and more in sync with it. Nogari's still, they're like stomping people, and Nogari still isn't on the same page half the time. Like, imagine when he starts getting on the same page with this team, they're just going to be nuts. Yeah, I think I think these two teams are definitely in the top, like, four teams in the league, yeah. and they, they've looked extremely good. I'm not sure that I want to take a side on this matchup yet, to be honest with you. Yeah. I am, that, that does, I mean, if... Does this line really move up that much if Fun Plus like stomp if they just like completely obliterate LNG tomorrow like two zero in sixty minutes or something? Hard to say for sure. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. We'll see. I think maybe wait and see. And if the line doesn't end up, just pass and watch, enjoy, get your popcorn out because it should be a good one. Uh, when I when I made the statement a couple weeks ago that Top Esports isn't losing another series. The rest of the split, this was the one game that I was scared of. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just leave it at that. I think I'd be on top if I had to pick one here, but I want to see where the line goes. Sunday, we've got LNG minus 139 against Rare Adam plus 104. Rare Adam string together a couple of wins. LNG, I believe. So LNG play fun plus tomorrow. We just mentioned that. Uh, think what you want on that one. Uh, their last match was against, they stomped E-Star. And then before that was the, the really weird one against Billy Billy. That was a wonky series. Uh, kind of back and forth. 
it was a it was pretty competitive for both teams. I think both teams played pretty well in that one. But yeah, interesting pricing. I think a lot of people are going to think this is like a slam dunk for LNG, right? I kind of think this is fairly close to fair. I think LNG is probably a, a good size favorite here. We should we should keep in mind too. LNG starting tonight is going to have their new top laner. Yeah. Uh, not new top laner, but their transferred top laner. And yeah. I think Makuya was probably the biggest weakness on the team coming into the series. So I think LNG is only going to get better from here. I like LNG at minus 139. That's reasonable. I d- I'll say this, um, just kind of independent. I, I guess it's not really independent because it's, you know, a top lane change coming in. Cube's been really, really good this season, even when Rare Adam's losing. Uh, he's been kind of nuts, actually. He's been one of the better top laners in the league to me on any team, regardless of what's going on. So going to be kind of an interesting series there. Cause the, these two guys have been around the league for a little bit and they've spent some time on good, on bad teams. So it's going to be fun to see them doing battle. For those that don't know, Ale is, is natural from Dominus last season. So it's not, yeah, it was Dominus. Yeah. So this will be his, he, he played one game in the last series, I think. Right. It was the last series. I think it was the, one, the last series, right? He played Jace. He's popped in, and I think I think him and Cube is a good matchup. Like yeah, you said, but... I think him and Cube is a is a pretty good matchup. Um, I think I think the rest of Rare Adam is what I'm worried about. Actually, I think it's mostly jungle and mid. I, I've been super impressed with Fofo. Uh, Leon is always a problem for me, uh, and then I I boy goes and comes and goes. Yeah, <laughs> always right. Hong's been pretty good this season too. I don't... I would like lean rare at him, but this is probably a pass. I think. I'd have I'm to definitely betting LNG pretty hard. Josh, be the tiebreaker. LNG to the moon here. To the I, I, I'm with you though. I'm with you on rare Adam being. I know John dislikes them. I, I am a little bit higher on them. I actually thought, specifically because you mentioned Leon, I thought he looked pretty good in their most recent series, but. Yeah. I, those against like Rogue Warriors, right? Yeah, so, so it's hard to really it's put hard to yeah, into that. hard to take too much away from that. Um, but yeah, I, I do think they they got some upside to them. But I think LNG to me looks like they're I, I don't know. I mean, probably top six, top five team right now in the league. That's reasonable to say. I, I would put them yeah, like maybe five to eight range. I do think that they've kind of had some. I don't want to say like. The, the league equivalent of turnover luck. I think in their first few matches, they had a couple a couple gifts handed to them. But you could say that about most teams in the LPL. So LNG are good. Um, Victory 5, minus 435. E-Star, plus 292. E-Star are trash. Victory 5 had an awful loss yesterday that I was... I don't usually get too pissed about games anymore, but man, I was I was I was raging on that one. How do you lose that first game, dude? How do you lose that first game? Oh my god! Last like two weeks have been like classic January League of Legends. Uh, e Star like quite literally look like shall see or die. Like, do, do, am I am I like seeing things? No, E Stars looked E Stars looked pretty bad in general. You're you're definitely right on that. Uh, like, they're they're going to be one of those bottom three teams, I think. I if it, it feels bi- like it's honestly it's it's kind of fun to watch like a support try to one v nine a game, and sometimes he's done he's done it a couple of times this season already. But a lot of the times you end up seeing something like you saw this morning with E Star, where Shousey makes some just some insane plays, gets the ball rolling, and then can't stop forcing stuff because he just. 
again, I'm reading into it. I don't actually know what the team environment's like, it like, but you watch these games and it literally feels like Chelsea says no one else can do anything. I'm putting the team on my back. And he overplays really, really hard. Sometimes it looks awesome and he'll like get the like this morning. Like he got them ahead in that game. It was a game three he got them ahead in that game, and it just didn't matter because he was just threw it a couple times right afterwards. I might be crossing game three and game one up, but I feel bad. I want Chelsea to be on a good team, dude. His whole team just like got they left him, left him stuck in a tough spot. Just brutal. Like, yeah, I don't know. This team's in trouble. When do we see Insulator? Like, what's the, you know what I'm saying? Like, at, at what point? I don't even think Irma's been that bad necessarily, but like this team's clearly not going anywhere, right? Like, do you start time sharing this, or do they just want to wait? Until he develops more, like Easter look pretty bad. Uh, they're not yeah, Rogue yeah. Warriors bad. I do think they're better than OMG and Rogue Warriors. I'll say that. I think it is reasonable to take a look at him at this point. I think your your season's not looking like it's going anywhere. So, yeah. Uh, I guess the argument against Victory Five here is that like it's Victory Five, and you know if they don't snowball on you, they lose. But I I think. Most of the time, like this is this is the team we talked about at the top of the show. These they're exceptional at this kind of thing. So, yeah, give me give me V five here, Josh. V five E star. I'm with you on V five. Yeah. Invictus, another banger. LPL stacked this weekend. We've got Invictus plus one hundred nine, RNG minus one forty five. Whew. Who's there? Hello, everyone. It's the Shy Seagull. The Shy is going to score 100 or more fantasy points in this match. <laughs> Invictus Gaming, this is the plus money Invictus, and it's the biggest thing is that it's Zhaohu, who's not necessarily used to the top lane yet, versus the most aggressive bullying top laner in the history of League of Legends. The Shy is scoring... He's going to play Quinn or some bullshit in this series. Callista, some garbage. <laughs> he's going to score, yeah, something like that, and he's going to score 100-plus fantasy points. And in an Invictus 2-1 to one loss. No, it's going to be <laughs> – I think it's going to be a 2-1 victory or a 2-0 victory for Invictus. I could even lean 2-0. I really think the Shy is going to mutilate Jauhu, and I don't think jahu has been bad. No. Like, he hasn't been great, but I don't think he's been bad. But the shy, as somebody who's not used to the top lane like that, the shy is just a fucking nightmare. Yeah, yeah. I... RNG are—they've been so fundamentally sound, even when they're doing weird stuff. Like they're just—they win... just like macro people to death. It feels like. But Invictus, yeah, I like... Invict... the thing is, Invictus aren't going to play that game. Invictus is just going to try to lane you to death. So it's like this is just a test of player on player. I wouldn't feel this confident about it if it was like if RNG had a former top laner who was kind of new to the mid lane and playing against rookie. Honestly, I think rookie's so, so good, Yeah, but he's just like, nobody is as like, I'm just going to fucking destroy you yeah. as the shy is. And having somebody who's not used to the position that much against that is just seems unbeatable. I don't think there's a player in the history of the game period that stomps a matchup in any given game as hard as the shy stomps a matchup in any given game. Exactly. This is just, it just feels like a terrible stylistic matchup for RNG given that they have a, you know, Xiaohu transitioning. Also, they're undefeated. Maybe a little, not as much into this. I don't know how much you want to read into motivation narratives, but like, 
It just feels like a bad spot for ING, right? Like, like I know it's not like a real thing, but like they're due and the shy versus Yahoo for real. Like we doing this right now. Like I'm RNG with you. did lose their they lost their last match. So not- oh yeah, no, I forgot they lost <laughs> miraculously to. Oh yeah, that was a weird series too with Billy Billy. I forgot about that. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm with you. Give me Invictus here. Plus money Invictus, much different bear or much different boat, right? Josh, Josh, not touching it. Go ahead, Josh. Uh, it's an wait, let me game. see. Can't touch has, it, right? Has Has Kevin said in the chat who's winning? Okay, he hasn't said anything. That means I'm not going to say anything out loud about who's going to win or lose this game. <laughs> and I will, I will never give up on fading Invictus or play on not playing them as well in in DFS because you know. Just, just don't do it. If you like your money, if you like fun on Sunday's slate, just don't play. There'll be LCS later that day. Yo, give me because give if me you a, do play, give me a Chiefs and Chiefs and Victus yeah. money line parlay, dude. Let's go. Yeah, if, you, <laughs> if you do play and you play Invictus, they'll get O two and the Shia will go O forty. And if you don't play Invictus, then Invictus will go two O and the Shia will go forty and O. So really, there's just. There's no good happy Yo, place here except to just fade. Isn't it tonight? Like, isn't this the spot where Invictus lose to OMG tonight and they just utterly destroy RNG on Sunday? <laughs> yeah, perfect, that would probably. be the most on-brand Invictus thing, right? All right, uh, that's it for the LPL. The LPL, we got a couple couple bangers on this slate, so it should be a great weekend there. Perfect weekend. You got good games. Gonna have extra extra match on the DFS slates. Chef's kiss. I'm a fan of this. L-C-K. Friday, we've got uh, Sandbox plus 608 against Damwon, minus 900. Damwon uh, to sweep is minus 214. How sold are you guys on Damwon so far this season? Damwon's still insane. They're good. They're going to smash this, I think. Are they Are they the same level of insane as they were last season? Or are they are they closer to the field than they were last season? Closer to the field, but I, to me, they're still the best team in the league. Like Even, even considering that. I think I, I feel like they're the I, I agree with you. I think they're the best team in the league, but I don't think it's the same way it was last split where it's like they are by far the best team in the league. Yeah, they're not two standard deviations better than everyone like but I, I they are the best team in the league. I, and I actually like Sandbox. I think that team's going to be good eventually. Summit is dude. You want to talk about Chelsea Prison? Can we get Chelsea and Summit on the same team cuz my man is playing his heart <laughs> yeah, out. He's been hard. so good this season. It <laughs> just can't get a win to save his life. It's so frustrating. Oh, man. Uh, it's a no bet for me, though. That's probably too much to – Sandbox are talented. That's the thing. So it's hard to ever lay this kind of like – like they they could steal games against good teams. They have good players on this team. So this is – I don't know. I have to look at it in more detail. This is probably a pass. I do think Damwon are, are the best team still, though. Like, I I don't think it's – what's weird is, like, I don't even think it's particularly close still unless they're playing against, like, Gen.G or Inform T1. We're going to talk about them in a second. It's pretty funny that specifically Damwon has lost to Fred Brione and specifically Top <laughs> Esports has lost to Rogue Warriors. Yeah, I was <laughs> – The first, like, four or five weeks of the season, both those things happened. Goofy. Goofy shit. Um, Gen.G? Oh, Josh, what do you think on this one, Pass? That's a big number, man. It's a huge number. And Sandbox are talented. I wouldn't hate it. I, I wouldn't hate a, uh, you know, a Nick, what do, you, what do you always say, a beer bet on it? 
deer bet on sandbox. Yeah. It is not that far off of the odds you were getting on Fred Brion, and I think Live Sandbox is definitely better, better than Fred Brion. Yeah. Yeah, I I just I think six oh eight is a little bit too much. I, I do I do agree. Dan one's still top of the ladder, but man, that's that's a lot for a team that we all think is is reasonably talented. If they lose this series, they're still top of the ladder for me. It's just like yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe Sandbox plus one seventy three to take a game is the play. That's not a bad spot. Uh, Gen G minus four thirty five against Nongshim Red Force plus three twenty nine. Nongshim sort of getting right. They're looking a lot better. They had a was it yesterday they whooped on KT? Yeah, Nongshim and KT, both of them I feel like are two of the most like varied teams in the league when it yeah. comes to like opinions on them. There's definitely uh, some people in the Discord that have been uh touting Nongshim making a comeback. There's definitely some people that are high on KT, low yeah. on KT, low on Nongshim, people are everywhere. They've both been inconsistent, though. That's like I think that's part of what's playing into the opinions on on things. Is like they've both looked like absolute garbage, and they've both looked really, really good sometimes. So it's like it kind of makes sense that you're getting this wide range of opinions, right? This is a kind of a tricky one. Genji just coming off of a, a, a loss, but they did play Kairos this morning. This is just Genji, I think. I feel like the only reason I'm hesitating is because of what happened this morning, and I would not do that at any other time. I'm not. I'm not going to bet Genji at minus four thirty-five. It's too too heavy. The, if you wanted to bet the minus one point five, I could see it, but I, I don't tend to like to go down to this number for a minus one point five. I think it's a pass for me. I think wait for lineups, and if Genji's playing the full lineup, you smash this like money line spread everything. See, all right. I don't. I mean, man, it's so tough. Because I feel like I I feel like Gen G has just been like God, I hate this freaking team, man. <laughs> Here's the thing, here's the thing. Nogshim's what, like the lowest DPL team in the league probably or something like that. One of the lower ones. Yeah, they're they're real weird. They're a yeah. team that's um actually really high DPL, really low KPW. Okay, that's right. So when they're winning yeah. they don't score any points, but when they're losing they give them up. Yeah. yeah, so this is just like you have to play Gen G and DFS because as John is very well aware, they'll just get 40 kills for no reason in every game here. So it's just like, because it's like, man, I don't even really think they're that much better, but they're still just going to rack up. They're going to win games 25 to 2 for no reason at all. So, yeah. I don't know. I like Gen G, I think. But I want to wait for lineups because if they're going to play Kairos again, looked i feel bad because like that's the kind of performance that i can't stand because he intentionally didn't he didn't he he, they mentioned it on the broadcast too it didn't look like he was playing to win he was playing to not lose like i don't know if you saw that fight i think it was like the fifth dragon or fourth dragon in that third in that i think it was the second game like they were winning the game and he's on his ear might have been the first game and he's like literally off to the side like waiting to dodge a syndra e but he spent like 30 seconds in this fight waiting to die Sindri and just didn't do damage to anyone, didn't ult, had his flash up, like could have flashed the E and been doing damage the whole time. Just like, and I know it's a kid's first series on stage. Guys never played an LCK game. I don't want to like rip on him too hard, but it's like, come on, dude. Seize the day. Carpe diem, right? Um, Where are we at? Oh, T1. Whew. We're going to get to you this. You want to talk about a team... That is like 
one of the most bizarre teams I've ever dealt with in, <laughs> in League of Legends history is this T1. It's like they're just throwing rosters out here at random. Their performances are completely random. Yep. They could be the best team in the league, the worst team. You never know who's playing any position. Like, like it's a carrier and like a random group of dudes that you met at the bar. Yeah, it's like impossible to figure out what's. And going they all on. happen to be like so. world champion UFC fighters or something like that. It's yeah, like... it's like just bizarre what's going on with this team. Um, is this just too big of a talent gap, though? Like, no matter like like what's the worst roster T one could run out in this spot? We don't even know. I know. That's yeah, so I know. I have no That's idea. Like... Worst or best roster. Zeus they could looks run out good of. this morning. Yeah, Zeus looked pretty good. Everybody on their teams looked pretty good. And then, they just, and then they just do dumb shit. So I and don't... then Nott looked pretty good. Like, Fakers made a bunch of really clear mistakes. There was that closer yeah. Gumayusi series where they didn't look good. Gumayusi looked then, like a monster in the first three series or whatever. It just, they're just the all Closer solo like, killing uh, Chovy. And then yeah. immediately just looking like not good the next series. Like, Who knows what's going on, dude? I think eventually, like, it's going to... once. Right now, I think T1 are, are, are ironing out a lot of issues. And I've kind of been writing a lot about them recently. I, I've, From what I can tell, and again, small sample size because obviously they're mixing things up. The way it looks to me is when closer's in the lineup, this team's way looser. I don't mean better or worse. They're just looser. Like, they're way more aggressive. They're willing to take more risks. Uh, they prefer to... Like they they're gonna go for individual outplays. We've seen that a bunch of times, and you know for the purposes of fantasy and betting wise, they've been a significantly higher kill team in wins and losses when closers playing, which kind of aligns with all of this. Like it's a lot. It's like a five and a half kill gap, like on average, which is crazy. With Faker in the lineup, it's boring traditional like Korean style League of Legends, and it. I don't know who's calling the shots on this team. I don't know who the dominant voice is. But we saw this during the summer split, too. When closer's in the lineup, it feels more solo QE. Like, again, like not in a bad way. It's just a little bit more volatile. And with Faker in the lineup, for whatever reason, it's just more controlled. So I've been playing, like, wait for the lineups to come out. If closer's in, kill to- team total's over. Or over's, like, for the, like, the actual totals for the game over. If Faker's in the lineup, I'm much more partial to T1 money line kind of situations. The thing is, with this with this setup, I don't think Brion are necessarily a bad team. They're gonna be they're probably gonna be a tenth place team. I don't think they're necessarily a bad team, but is at some point there's just gotta be a talent gap, right? Like as frustrating as all of these T1 players have been and, and their overall performance this season. The level of talent on this roster is still just ridiculous, right? I have a hard time seeing them not beating Brion. I don't know if I'd be willing to lay, you know, I'm not going to go for a 2-0 here. I'm probably not going to bet this, but I don't think I can back Brion here. Yeah, I think I think I just passed the series or bet uh, the totals kind of like you're talking about. Yeah, that's been how I've been attacking T1. Like, if it's like Cuz, Faker, any of the bot lanes... Uh, yeah, I'll take. T- I'm willing to. I'm willing to be more confident in T1 money line kind of situations because I know it's a it's a more known like T1 are a known quantity. It's just two known quantities for the same team, but it's also like a lot of unknown individual quantities, which is a weird. It's it, they're just a really weird team. I, even when they were doing this shit back in like season three and four and five, I don't 
I've never seen anything quite like this, right? Where it doesn't seem like there's any particular rhyme or reason to it. Not that they've ever really had that, but with this many players and each of them having some crazy individual performances and now you're throwing a curveball with this 17-year-old kid that just turned 17 on Sunday? like It is a, a weird thing that I heard in an interview that kind of goes towards something that we talked about like years ago as something that teams should maybe be doing or like last year. They said that when Teddy came in and game – or shit, was it Teddy or Gumiusi? I think Teddy. When Teddy came back in, it was with the intention of specifically playing the champion on that side. Yeah. That they had had him pl- – they wanted him to play a specific champion on a specific side of the map. And that was why he came in. It didn't have anything to do yeah, with uh, like Wolf. Wolf was tweeting about that. I think that's yeah. So very that's interesting, and that that really could be kind of the future uh, of league. I think it's really possible that we might see like ten man rosters in the future with specific types of game plans with specific configurations and switching it back and forth. It seems like maybe T one's trying to see if that if the future is now, old man. You know. Yeah, and for what it's worth, like that's a nightmare to prep against for another team, right? Like. We, we can preach chemistry and all this stuff, but, like, if they can get to a point where the chemistry is not that big an issue by doing this now and not at the end of summer, and they can actually make, like, an eight- or nine-man roster work, that's terrifying. It was scary enough when they had Faker and Easy Hoon, and you had to prep for both. What if you have, like, this ridiculous eight- or nine- or ten-man roster with this kind of thing? It's, it's, you could have a literal blue-man roster and a red team roster. It's, it's crazy, crazy shit. Um, I can't bring myself to back Brion there, but yeah, T1 have been infuriating to a lot of people, but definitely, definitely interesting. So, Brion plus one and a half. I could see that. Just blind now, and then like, you know, another way to play this is like you could bet the stuff now, and then if you see that like it's they're just running like the, you know, the the veteran lineup where it's just like Cuz and Faker and Teddy, your cousin, even Cuz Faker Gumiusi, right? If they just run that, maybe you, you you buy back a little bit. But for the equity you're going to get on this, like if they end up just running like Zeus closer, uh, oh maybe they try owner out in the jungle in his first game in this series. That's def- that's like an actual real possibility. Like owner could play in this series. The third jungler could play in this series. And if that happens, you know anything. So I'm not even that concerned. Like with either. their roster. Per se, I'm just like, like we can't just forget that this is League of Legends, right? Like Fred and Brion beat, they swept damn one like two weeks yeah. ago. Like the teams, like you said, they're they were going to be a tenth place team, but they're still good they're enough. Not, yeah, they're not a bad team. And T1 shouldn't be laying six twenty five against them right now, unless we know what's form. going on. Yeah, I mean, even if we did, I don't think there's any iteration of the roster where I'd say the six twenty five is justified right now. So I think that's reasonable. KT Rolster minus 132 against Afrika plus 110. Two extremely frustrating teams. What a weird number, right? I think Afrika's figured it out. I kind of do too. I kind of think Afrika plus 110 is the value here. I think I think those first couple series it was sea legs, and you're like, oh my god, is the is the they're so good against everyone else except the good teams trend gone? I kept sticking with Afrika over the last few matches because I really thought they would figure it out eventually, and I think they're starting to figure it out. And when you look at the roster, the five-man roster versus KT's five-man roster, I can see some edges for KT, but as an overall roster, I think I think Afrika's is stronger, and I think plus 110 is just too good on Afrika for sure. Yeah. I took Afrika against Amma tomorrow. 
Afrika minus 1.5 is a bet I'll probably have a, like a half unit on as well. Yeah, I, I think this is a freaka, and and I was kind of like high on KT. It, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see KT win this series, but I yeah, I'm with you. I think this is a good good spot for Afrika. Obviously, tomorrow it's a different price against Hanwha. I got them plus two thirty eight, and I think that's reasonable too because I don't know if Hanwha is quite that good yet. I'm not ready to. I'm like I'm see Hanwha and Mad Lions are like in that same spot where like I'm, they're like I'm almost ready to put them into that next group up. I'm not quite there yet. So, yeah, give me a freaka here. Uh, Hanwha Life Esports minus three thirty three against Sandbox plus two seventy two. It's a big number to be laying. Hanwha looked good. Yeah, this. I feel like you could maybe bet the Hanwha minus one and a half here. I don't think I'm going to bet Sandbox, but the Hanwha minus one and a half feels bettable. Uh. Han was that definitely still has some question marks, but I think Chovy definitely creates a um, a sort of this must be this tall to ride type situation yeah. that you talk about. I think yeah. I think Chovy by himself kind of creates that situation that I'm not sure that Sandbox can answer. So yeah, I will say this about Hanwha because like you guys, we went going into the season. I was one of the more bearish ones on Hanwha. I still had them pretty high up the table, but. I'll say this: Arthur's been very good and improving. I still have quite Vista. Vista's the question mark on this team to me. I I even think the top lane's been fine; hasn't been like crazy or anything like that. But the top lane's been passable. Vista's the big question mark, and I think uh, that's kind of scary in a bot lane kind of focused meta game. But even he's had some good performances, so I don't. I might I might be too low on Hama Life. This is probably a pass for me. Hanwha minus 1.5. Okay. I can see it. Damn one. Is this it? Is this it? This is, the, this is it, right? Are the chickens coming to roost finally? Damn one minus 556 against Dragon X plus 418. I uh, wish they were treating DRX like their record. I do too. Get but... better value for damn one here, but I don't even really think you're getting that much value on them. Even the minus one and a half is still minus one fifty four, which isn't like you know super sexy. That's my pick of the week. Yeah, I think you guys saw this coming a mile away. Uh, the... I believe your pick of the week is an Immortals three part parlay. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Let me scroll down. Where's the there? <laughs> um, I don't know. I would direct you to my articles at the esportsdepartment.com and the Discord where I've teed off more than enough times. I've probably written thousands of words on DRX already. I I didn't tell you guys this. I'm gonna I think I'm gonna do a VOD review stream if I get time to this weekend. Basically publicly doing what I've been doing and and, and trying to find the sense in this. I promise you, as someone who's been you know, we've been doing this quite a long time. There's been a lot of teams that were like this, yeah. where they they came out to big wins, but when you look at all their stats, their stats don't even match up. Like, yeah. like DRX doesn't even match up to Afrika. Yeah, they like Afrika's stats are just to, to the best of my memory. I have to go back and look, but to the best of my memory, Afrika's stats are just better than DRX's. And so when, but like teams like that is what I'm saying. Like their stats yeah. are not looking like like top team type stats, even though they've they've done well so far this season. And we've had a lot of those teams in the past where 
where they came out and started out four or five and one. But when you look at the numbers, you're like a 1760 gold per minute and, yeah. and they're five and one or whatever. And almost every time those teams fall back down to earth and are not contenders. So yeah. I think we can just trust that and, and keep treating them like they're a, they're better than we thought they were at the beginning of the season where yeah. we thought they were I think be that's like absolutely true. Tenth, but they're, they're not. Yeah. I'm not giving them the kind of respect that their record dictates. Is this Schalke again? Schalke from, from last from season. Yeah, season. from summer. A little bit. Yeah, They're doing like it in a different way. They're doing it in a different way, but it, it kind of feels that way to me. I don't know. What do you think about the RX, Josh? Yeah, July, Vince and I had to talk about it before. I So I, I'm I'm not nearly as low as, as the two of you are on them. Uh, I think this – I frankly think this 418 is too high uh, to – Yeah. Like, I, I, th- I think that's – bettable for them like i don't think i don't think damon deserves to be this this much favored over them at this point in time i do def i do definitely agree with what you guys are saying like they are overperforming um much better than i thought they were but at the end of the day like they've done it enough for me that it's like i i can't continue doubting them and i i completely understand where you're coming from vince like there's nothing you can necessarily point to but when i look at their underlying statistics they do just look like a middle of the table team yeah. And so I'm getting plus 418 on a middle of the table team against a, a damn on team who we've seen lose to Freddie Brion. Like, you know what I mean? Like weirder things have happened and yeah. plus 400 definitely there for me. Um, and this team has shown that they, they at least are cohesive, right? Yeah, if nothing else, they know how to play together. Yeah, absolutely. And that can just win you games, you know? So that, yeah, I, I think they're a good value here. Uh, not pick the weak material or anything, but even the plus one and a half, plus one sixteen, I think that's okay. But I think if I was going to bet this, I'd just bet money line rather than plus one and a half. Yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just I need to do. I, I'm going to actually. I got to actually get set time aside to do that because it's it's perplexing. I I haven't seen a team that's this. Like I I can't. I don't know. I can't figure it out. I haven't had a team like this maybe ever. This is like the most perplexing team I think I've ever seen in terms of figuring out like how performance ties to, you know, the results so far. But I mean, look, I wrote about it today. Like sometimes you just get these lightning in a bottle situations, right? Where maybe, maybe it is just a situation where it's like someone flips heads 10, 15 times in a row. That's not going to happen very often, but it does happen sometimes. And another thing we touched on before the show that I don't want to I don't want to completely throw out regarding this team because I, I think the way I talk about this team like I'm just shitting on them at all times and I don't mean to come off that way they're they're obviously way better than I thought they were going to be I think the coaching staff's done a tremendous job with this team I like the way they're drafting I like that everything is is cohesive and uniform in how they're approaching things I just don't think it's a repeatable way to succeed which is my big question mark but and we mentioned this before the show as well. There's a chance that, like, they're not good right now and have gotten lucky with some wins, but they're also going to get better, in which case they're just going to keep blowing you out over and over again. So it's like they're, they're, they're very weird. This These kind of situations pop up, like handicapping any sport. Like, they, they come up from time to time. And they're always, like, this weird, fascinating thought experiment. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see see how DRX turn out. That said, Dan one minus one and a half, slam dunk. <laughs> Uh, let's see. How far are we at? That's it, right? That was the last game. Fitting that that was the last game, right? Uh, pick of the week. You guys, uh, go ahead and read down your pick of the week. I'm going to double check for listener ones real fast. 
I'm going with this one just because I think it's a cool pick that not a lot of people would make, and we kind of all agreed that it would probably be a good play. I'm going to take Astralis plus 10.5 kills against Rogue. That's the kind of uh, bet that we don't talk about enough on here, but I think is a cool spot where you can get some value out of a matchup that otherwise doesn't really present any value. Uh, so I'm going to go with that. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, I went with um, that of Freak of Money Line versus KT Rolster. I think I've, I've been saying it for a few weeks now. I don't think KT's ro- roster is very interesting to me. I think uh, Afrika definitely has a talent. Like John said, I think they've kind of turned a corner and are just going to continue getting better. Um, they're on, a, you know, as much as I hate like momentum and things like that, they are coming off a 2-0 of T1. Uh, they 2 0 Nongshim right before that. I think they're just starting to hit their stride. They've looked pretty good in their games. And to me, KT has not been that. Like I thought KT's performance against T1 versus Afrika's performance against T1, I thought they were just completely different styles of beating them in terms of who the onus was on. It felt like the T1 losses to KT was on T1, whereas Afrika, I thought, just kind of outplayed T1. Um, so, yeah, I using that as a measuring stick, I don't think there's any way they should be the underdog, so I'll take that there. Hopefully continue my undefeated streak here. Yeah, we have been absolutely lighting it up. Uh, even even with even though we're immortal now and we've had some losses, the listeners are undefeated. Josh is undefeated. We're up. I'll pull it up in just a second here. I didn't recap last week's. Let me do mine and then I'll I'll recap. Uh, I don't actually think that damn one picks the best one on the board though. What was the other one I liked a lot? I like Mortals plus six sixty against Liquid. You I got like this. top esports. the other one I'd like the Freaka as well that was good yeah we'll go <laughs> not the Immortals 3-0 parlay <laughs> please no thank you put a dollar on it <laughs> um, give me F Fuck it. Just give me damn one minus one and a half. I don't... <laughs> There's probably another one in here, but yeah. Were you on Invictus over RNG? Oh, you know, yeah, we'll remember. do that. We'll do Invictus over RNG. That's good. Alright, cool. For the listeners, we are going to go with Big Kev from the Esports Department Discord, also Kilometer Kevin in the Twitch chat. Hello, Kev. Uh, is going to do G2 minus 6.5 kills against Fnatic. <laughs> and that is going to be the listener pick of the week. Just a recap real quick, and then we'll get on out of here because we've run crazy long. Uh, I am 2-2 two and two on the season, still up a net of 1.49 units. John is 3-1, and one, up uh, plus 4.75. Josh is 4-0, 4.23, or 2-4 units. Chris is one and two, only down a third of a unit. As a cast, we are up ten point one five units on the season for a sixty-seven point six percent ROI. The listeners and guests are also undefeated. All told, we are fourteen and five for a total of plus sixteen units on the season. Boom. Profit Center over here at the Gold Card Podcast. <laughs> Gold right. Card Podcast picks are better than GME, even in the last two weeks. Yeah confirmed <laughs> after after today confirmed right um 
yeah, anything else, guys? Good to be getting back to full slates again. It's, the the we're gonna get a, a a little bit of a reprieve here in the LPL. It's gonna be off for the next two weeks. We'll be able to really dig our feet into the first couple of weeks in the LEC and LCS coming up here. Anything else? Yeah, just make sure to tune in next week. We're going to have a really crazy story next week. Just something really exciting you're going to want to hear about. Lots of intrigue, mystery, some really fun stuff. So don't miss it. Make sure to be back next week to catch that. Uh, it's going to be – I might take an hour, hour and a half telling the story. So you're going to want to hear it for sure. Make sure to be here. How about uh, – you know what? I, I totally forgot. How about Super Bowl picks? we got Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. Smash the Chiefs. There's no other – you don't need to do anything else. Josh? Yeah, uh, you know, looking into a lot of props. Pretty interesting. The props are fun. National, nas- national Anthem over under at 159 seems a little bit short for me. I'd probably lean over there. Last year was pretty tough. I don't know if anyone remembers the controversy surrounding the Anthem last year. I believe uh, – I might have these numbers wrong, but I believe the number was set at like two minutes and three seconds. And then at two minutes and one second, the singer finished of the brave. But she said like of the brave, or I think it was a she. Yeah. was like of the brave and then was again like of the brave like a second one so it was really confusing you know the second one ended like 215 <laughs> you we were know all a little they bit concerned that to fuck with people that's the right best and we were <laughs> we were a little bit concerned we all had our stopwatches on you know what i mean on uh, you know watching and we weren't sure how they're gonna pay it out but they did end up calling it as a win for the overs um always, always go for the over i think 159 for a duet seems absolutely absurd um but there were some interesting odds like I saw one that was like Eric Church to sing more words than the other singer. <laughs> and I was like, dude, what more words can you sing? Dude, I don't know. The Super Bowl prop market is is literally like the most absurdly fun thing of the game of the year. To, uh, it's so gonna, fun. I have to talk to you guys later. Make sure to get your leans on heads or tails. I did see the heads or tails. <laughs> I want to get you guys leans on that. You get that low big heads or tails, dude. That's Oh man! Final score. Let's do fi- final score prediction. How about that? Thirty-five to twenty-four. Chiefs. Yeah. Thirty to nine. Chiefs. Oh, that's a weird one. That's a real. That might be a score gummy. That's that's kind of wacky. Um, I'll go. Let's go thirty-eight. Thirty-eight thirty-four. Super high flying one. Great teams cover. Great teams cover. Are they great? We'll find out next time on the Gold Card Podcast. All right, everybody, have a good weekend. I'm sure we'll all be hitting up in the Discord and on Twitch and Twitter. So feel free to check us all out there. Obviously, the esports department is up. We're in full swing now. Oh, I meant to say this too. Valorant is going to be getting some support for DFS. So we are working on some Valorant content. We're going to have projections and everything out for that coming shortly. So looking for a place to look for some Valorant, come check that out. Um, that's actually really exciting. Uh, the game's been picking up a lot of steam. I know uh, a lot of people are really, really excited about it. It's fun to watch. It's a good time. So, yeah, definitely want to check that out over at the eSports department. And, you know, at the very least, hop in the Discord. Mix it up. We're always, everyone's always in there chatting. So, until next time, we will uh, see you on the other side, I suppose. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.